Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Blame It on the Boogie podcast. This is number 14, 10 and a four, four. number 14. And we thank each and every one of Rodney's gone. <laughs> Uh-oh. Is it raining <laughs> in Detroit? Rodney looks like Mr. Freeze. <laughs> well, anyway, what's going on, everybody? <laughs> episode of Blame It on the Boogie, episode 14. There he is. We work Rodney back up. <laughs> yeah. You froze with your lips. It looked like you were doing a duck lips. What <laughs> y'all do, man? What the heck just happened right there? I don't know your it froze on your pretty side. Everything was just spinning. All four screens were spinning. I don't know yeah, what just happened. Yeah, you were doing the duck lips. Oh, hey. <laughs> hey. You weren't attractive at all either, by the way. <laughs> well, don't worry about it. I'm going to edit it out. So. Hey, that was just handsome. I don't know what just happened, y'all. As I, as I thought I was saying, um, we thank each and every one of you for continuing to watch us each and every week. You continue to listen to us on uh, iTunes, on um, uh, what's the other one? Uh, Spotify. TikTok, Spotify. All, all those different little platforms. We thank each and every one of you for, for continuing to, to, to uh, support us. Um, this is, as I said before, I don't know what happened to my, to my, my, my system. This is episode 14. Uh, and we're going to get right into it. Uh, first, want to introduce my fellas. We have Dorian D. Almighty, the Wonder Mouse Brown from Richmond, California. We have Dante Geechee Dan Nash from Phoenix, Arizona. Antoine D-O-O-Z-E Williams from Florissant, Missouri. And, of course, you have the one and only Rod D. right here from Detroit, Michigan. Uh, Dorian. Uh, as we always do, we're going to push it off to you so you can tell us what to tell the people what we talked about last week. All right. So, um, we, uh, wait a minute, what happened to the thing? Well, these technical issues oh, this week. Technical difficulties, please. No, it, uh, I, I changed to a, I changed to another screen, and so the size of the of the thing changed. Oh, yeah, you gotta make it big, and then we can't see. Yeah, so here we go. I yeah, I I'm still waiting on my new glasses too. All right, so we um talked about Ja and uh, his suspension. Uh, we talked about him, you know, how much time he should serve. We talked about. Uh, the, all the head coaching changes uh, in the NBA and who should go where. Um, we talked about what off-season off moves should the Knicks, the Warriors, the Suns, and the Sixers make. Uh, have the Cardinals in baseball, we talked about have the Cardinals turn the proverbial corner. Uh, Dante feels like Adam Wainwright is uh, washed up. We talked about Shakari Richardson uh, back, on her, back to her winning ways on the track. Um, although she needs to stop doing interviews. Um, Tom Brady, uh, we talked about his, now that he is officially a part a part owner of an NFL team, um, should he be able to actually be a broadcaster? Uh, we talked about the start of the NBA, WNBA, sorry, not the NBA, but the start of the WNBA season, um, the return of, actually, I'm sorry, we talked about 
WNBA season, we talked about the suspension, I'm sorry, of uh, Becky Hammond, the head coach of the Aces. Um, we talked about the NBA draft lottery and the Wimbanyama sweepstakes. San Antonio, uh, San Antonio another one, got another number one pick. And we talked about whatever happened to um, Brian Davis' $7 billion offer to buy the Washington Commanders. Uh-oh, fellas. Great news. It's 2-2. The Stars just scored. It's a 2-2 game. Jadis and the Stars are now tied it to the All right, all right. Dante with the breaking news. Um, uh, real quick on, on our uh, head coaching recommendations or suggestions or whatever you want to call it, our, our predictions. Mm-hmm. Well, mine suck. They 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 nowhere close to being right. Um, like most of your predictions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the coach that we looking wanted, like Rodney. I didn't, I didn't know anybody. Got uh, well, so nobody got hired. Um, but Monty Williams basically said that t- to the Pistons that nah, thanks, but no thanks. And the Pistons offered him, you know, a big. I told you that last week. <laughs> yeah, but he said thanks, but no thanks. Um, uh, but I pretty, I'm, I pretty much think he's just, he's just waiting it out. He, I don't think he wants to coach this year. He's guaranteed uh, two million dollars right now. I think he don't, he don't, he doesn't want to go that far backwards <laughs> from a supposed contender <laughs> to a. Um, well, so the thing is, you know, whatever the Pistons are, the the quote unquote contenders. Well, Phoenix not going to rehire him, and oh, the yeah, Sun, the right. the Suns, the um, Sixers. the Sixers, and uh, Milwaukee. Neither one of them even interviewed him. So your only options are Toronto and, and Detroit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he he just he's choosing to just sit out, you know, a little bit more, unless those other two teams do decide to. To come talk to him. Well, you, well, he's a former New York Nick, so hey, he might be waiting on that position. Man, yeah, hey, <laughs> I, 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 compared to 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 the coaching <laughs> that we got in the playoffs, yeah, I might have to take him. But uh, like I said, he's guaranteed twenty million dollars, so he's he's really in no rush. Mm-hmm. Uh, next year there'll be more positions open and maybe better opportunities. So why not wait it out? If I'm guaranteed to twenty, why not wait it out? Say it again. And there still probably won't be anybody going to Detroit. You know, Rodney, I think your savior in Detroit is going to possibly end up being Mike Izzo. If he didn't jump to the league by now, that's the best chance. He ain't got to go nowhere. He ain't got nothing else to lose. Is Izzo in the NBA that's not going to work? Just a yeah, Izzo in the NBA will not work. He, he he's too set in his ways. And these, what else is worth for these high dollar? Pro- but the thing about it, though, you have to look at it. We we going on a little tangent here, but you have to think about it. It's not a lot of college coaches that have been successful in the NBA, including um, the successful college coaches. <laughs> exactly. So Izzo Izzo know he he knows that right now he he's king at Michigan State. He, he has a, a lifetime job. They're never going to get rid of him. You know, he's going to retire there whenever he feels like he wants to retire. There's no reason in the world for him to go to, to the NBA, especially the Pistons. Those players are not going to listen to Izzo. He, the, the things that Izzo does at State, he can't even attempt to do that junk in the NBA. So mm-hmm. 
it, it that just won't work. Um, where we're gonna be, where the Pistons are gonna be stuck with is either a first-time head coach from an assistant that never had a you know a, a head coaching job before, or Kevin Ollie. And I don't know which way is worse. Uh, Kevin Ollie hadn't been the coach for real. What when, when did he, when did they let him go in uh, at uh, Connecticut? D was it about two years ago? Was it two years ago? Yeah, I think it was more than that. Yeah, I thought it was like 19, 18, 19, somewhere around there. Well, whatever it is, you know, he's been down in the G League, you know, being an assistant. But it, it, one of the things that Dante always talks about is the nepotism. Mm-hmm. You know, the the you give the give the positions to your friends, and that's pretty much what's going to happen because Kevin Ollie and the the Pistons GM they're friends. The owner didn't want Kevin Ollie. The owner said, mm-hmm. basically told him, you know, the the, the the people that you interviewing, that's not who I want. But unfortunately, the ones that he want don't want the Pistons position. So they're going to have to get somebody, get some retread or get some uh, unproven coach. And that's not what the Pistons need. The Pistons need somebody that's uh, hard-nosed, that will force them to play defense and keep them in line. And that's not anybody that they talking about talking to right now. He um, was uh, fired. He was fired in 2018. 2018. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been a while. <laughs> and he was fired. Uh, yeah. So. But. You know, it's, it's, sometimes these teams just take whoever. Like I said, this hire is pretty much going to be one of Dante's favorite things. And that's the nepotism hire. Um. All right, let's get to the stuff for this week. Um, the WNBA season did begin. We had uh, Brittany Griner. She returned. And uh, Connecticut, the Connecticut Sun, they're playing like the favorites. So, D, did you watch any of the, in the first weekend of the WNBA? Um, I watched uh, I watched the first – well, I watched the um... – I watched the uh, BG. Actually, I watched both games. I watched the um, her return to um, Phoenix, uh, even though they lost. Uh, they played a good game. She played very well, um, and that was really the. And then I watched the the first game, which they played. That was away when you know she came back to the league. You know, period, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the actually the only two games that I watched. I just wanted to, you know, see well how she was going to play. She played very well defensively, offensively. Um, but um, Phoenix themselves didn't play well. Diana Taurasi was broke uh, in that game where, where they were back at home. And, you know, she was still shooting, but that's what Diana Taurasi does. And you don't let anybody – if you're going to let anybody shoot, it's going to be Diana Taurasi. Um yeah. But I, I haven't seen the Connecticut Sun play yet this year. And, and nobody was talking about them. Everybody's been talking about the Aces because Candace Parker is now, you know, with the Aces. So everybody's been talking about how well they're going to play, especially once um, Becky Hammond comes back. But I haven't I haven't had a chance to see the Connecticut Sun. I'll have to uh, I'll have to check them out. Um, well, for the New York Liberty, uh, Brianna Stewart dropped 45 and three quarters. Five and twelve. She was balling. She was yeah. balling. Uh, where, where Dante little thing at? This is something that just literally popped up. Where your thing at, Dante? Pull up the breaking news thing. 
Uh-oh. Was it breaking news? Yeah. Breaking news. <laughs> so uh, a few weeks back, we talked about uh, the Detroit Lions receivers, um, their players that all, all got suspended. Uh-oh. Well, um, <laughs> the uh, Jamison Williams, the Lions' uh, first-round draft pick last year, he said that he wasn't even aware the NFL had a gambling policy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't go to the rookie symposium. He did not go. <laughs> you got to get a. Hey, we, we got to get the sound effect from uh, Pac Man. What is? He just. We got to get that sound effect. Up, he said he was unaware that the NFL even had a gambling policy. Wow. I'm like, are you serious? Sounds like he was doing like my students. Sounds like he's doing like my students. They was on their phone. He was on his phone the whole time. time he was supposed to be listening. Texting and looking at TikTok instead of listening to what he was supposed to be listening to. Yeah, his his body was at the symposium, but (laughs) (laughs) so that just that just popped up on my feed, man. I I found that to be pretty pretty hilarious. How he said he didn't even know. But what, what, did, I get know for, did he get caught for gambling money or ignorance it was just no breaking news? Say again. I said ignorance. Did is he no get caught for gambling for or was that just? Oh yeah, Jamison Williams. He got suspended for six games. Well, he was, he was the receiver that got suspended for six games. Okay. Look, look. In the words of Biggie Smalls, oh, so if he you don't know. Now you know. Now you know. Now you know. <laughs> So hey, that that's six those six game checks. He gonna really really remember this this lesson. Mm-hmm. So all right, let's get back to our show. Hey, um, go ahead, Dante. Hey, real quick, uh, on the uh, WNBA, like you said, did, did any of us watch any of the games this weekend? Well, first of all, ain't been that many. Like I said Connecticut's three and zero. I think Chicago's two and zero, and everybody else is pretty much zero one or one and one. So, uh, like we were talking about the Aces being dominant, they've only played one game. I think where they played their second game, I think today, like the Suns just played like their third game uh, tonight. So, again, the WNBA, they only have so many games anyway for their schedule. So, if you see a marquee game, look to watch Connecticut, uh, watch Chicago, and watch Vegas. Because that's, like we talked about this, the major market teams or the dominant teams, that's going to be doing all the winning. Yeah, but – but the thing about Vegas looking dominant is the fact that they they won their first game by 41. <laughs> so so yeah. that's why everybody's saying, you know, yeah. they're gonna be dominant. Mm-hmm. You know, but they but yeah. they beat a Seattle Storm like said, without without Stewie and without Sue Bird. So mm-hmm. you know that part. Like I said, they played one game, so they got a lot more game to play. We'll see when it gets about what. A quarter of the season to see where they stand. That's what's going to start separating people in the WNBA. Other than that, nah, I ain't really been watching no games yet, fellas. Nothing is caught. Well, um, the problem now that the WNBA has is that they're starting right when you have the NBA doing their most popular thing, and that's the playoffs. So most people are concerned about the NBA playoffs. They're not even paying attention to the WNBA season starting. Exactly. Now, once the season. Once the season's over, then yeah, more people will actually start uh, watching the WNBA. 
uh, myself included. I, I have to. Admit, yeah, I, yeah, I say I eat myself. <laughs> yeah, I have. To, I have to admit. You know, I watched. Um, I watched the games the other day because they were. You know, that was the only thing that was on. Uh, but they were interesting. The games. The game was good. Especially the, the the Griner game in, in um, her her first home game. That was actually a pretty good game. Um, so now back to uh, this past weekend, we had our second major of the season, and that was the PGA Championship. So uh, Dorian, who has a um, a love for the, the live golfers, he, he wants to see the live golfers do well. And guess what happened? It ain't necessarily a, a love for the live golfers. I just hate all of the shit that the PGA golfers be talking about the live tour exactly. um, so i was happy i was happy i've been rooting for waiting for one of these live golfers uh to win one of these tournaments and i'm also glad it was brooks kepka um who won his fifth major um his third pga championship so he had he's now you know uh, the only people with more are, are tiger and uh and jack uh so he's really you know starting to put himself on you know, uh, moving up the ladder of, of greatest golfers of all time. Um, but I was really happy more than anything else that a live golfer won. And what I found funny is um, that nobody had anything to say about that. Like that was like one of the things that they did not talk about. It was, they would seem very, very pointed, a very, a big point of emphasis, not to mention that Brooks Kepka was a live golfer. Even he didn't even talk about it. When you know they, every time they talked, they talked to him and they interviewed him, and they were saying that all they kept asking him about was his injuries and how he felt coming back from injury, not how he felt with you know them filing lawsuits and him going to uh, going to the live tour and how everybody from the PGA, including you know Tiger and Rory and all these cats, was dogging the live tour and and really talking bad about any of the golfers that went to the live tour. Nobody discussed any of that, but, you know, just his injuries and the fact that he had come back from injury um, from last year and not playing very well and then came back to play very well this year. Um, so that was why I was happy um, to see a live golfer win. And then uh, as Dante has up, you know, uh, Harold Varner, uh, the brother on the tour, um, he didn't do too well. Um, I think he did he make the cut. Okay, so yeah, yeah, oh, he, yeah, he, he, yeah, he, yeah he, must, he must have made the cut, yeah. Um, but um, he when, when asking me who he was, I wasn't, I wasn't used to that acronym of HV3, so I wasn't quite sure who he was talking about. So, well, Dante, tell us about yeah, HV3. He, he built like, <laughs> sure, he's built like you, right? Like a Hummer 3, HV3, first of all, looks like an everyday guy, man. He's like one of us. We all are recreational golfers. This guy's a pro. We always hear about Tiger Woods out there on the tour, but uh, Harold Varner III has been on the tour for quite a while. Um, and like Dorian was saying in regards to live and these PGA golfers and all the controversy around it, uh, Harold Varner was is one of those guys. We got to get him on blame it on the boogie. He, he shoots it from the hill. They after the little uh, dinner that he had at the PGA at the Masters, as a matter of fact, at the previous golf tournament or whatever, they did have a dinner, and he was actually questioned about that. He did an interview with the Washington Post in regards to the dinner when the PGA players came together with the uh, live players, because you know they just opened that rule to allow that for the tournaments, and there were really no discussion 
about it at that day either, even though, you know, it was out there. But with interview, you know, Harold said it like it was. He said he played golf. You know, it changed his life. He had no problems going over to live. And then to the right, you see his quote there. I, I ain't gonna I'm gonna read it for you, but he basically called out those PGA PGA players like Dorian was saying, fronting and lying or whatever, uh, like they was too good to go play. But he basically said, screw them. You know, they're a bunch of jealous punks and so many other words. But one of the things to note, Harold Varner got 15 million dollars to go over and join Liv. I would have took 15 million dollars too to go join another golf tournament. It's for his family, like you said there. So that's my little quick point on that with the PGA, especially Harold Bourne, but uh, with the Liv, he told it like it is. These guys are out here just fronting about this money, but you're going to see more and more of them rolling over to Liv Golf, especially now well, that the right. tournaments, the PGA realized they had to reincorporate these guys back into these tournaments or they were going to lose money. So it's only going to get bigger. He probably hasn't made $15 million in his entire career. And the whole PGA so and, and, so, Dorian, so, so, Dorian, I need you to, to explain to the people that don't know the different, the, what, uh, why all these players are going to the live tour. Well, because they're, they, all right. So, the first thing is the first difference one is they, they only play 54 holes, which is the LIV, right? Uh, instead of 72. Um, there is no cut. Um, and so, everybody that plays is going to get paid. Um, and they've also been paying the players. Uh, to come over and compete. So they're like getting a contract. So it's not like they're in the PGA where if you don't make the cut, you don't get paid or you don't make any money or you may only make, uh, I've, I've seen the list, uh, you know, of the payouts where somebody that, you know, was at the tournament made $2,500 or $2,600, whereas the winner of the tournament gets $2.3 million. Whereas in the live tour, if you come, if uh, if you get last place, you still make one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars, one hundred fifty thousand dollars. But you also have a contract um, to play in the tour. That's a ten million dollar contract or like Harold Varner's fifteen million dollars. Um, they were given, you know, like Kepka. I think that I think he got one hundred and fifty million dollars or something to play. It might even be more than that. I know they were offering Phil uh, almost three hundred. Yeah, 300 million or something like that to come over and play. They were they were offering Jack Nicholas 800 million. He wasn't gonna even play. And they were offering Jack Nicholas like 800 million, almost a billion dollars. And he he turned it down, but he's Jack Nicholas. He can do that. Mm -hmm. Um Tiger's Tiger. Tiger can do that. But a lot of these other golfers, man, they you can't turn down that money when you know you're trying to take care of your families. When you're guaranteed a hundred and twenty-five thousand dollar payout rather than you know, uh, going to a PGA tournament and maybe if you make the cut, you, you win $12,000, you know, so that, that whole thing about, uh, uh, you know, where Rory and them were talking about it, it, it was just really a bunch of haters <laughs> for me, as far mm -hmm. as I'm concerned, just hating on these guys that was going over there to make money. Nobody goes into any profession not to make money. So for them, for them to even try to go to there, oh, they just about the exactly. money. This is about, yeah, it's about the money. Of yeah, course, money is bottom line. Isn't it always? Isn't it always about the money? That's the bottom line. You know, so, yeah, you know, we would love for these athletes to play for the love of the game, but we know, we know they play for the love of the money. So real quick, the, uh, the common misconception is that PGA players, all PGA players make a bunch of money. That's, that's not true. Look. Um, most of the PGA players' money comes from their sponsorships, uh, not yeah, from the sponsor. money that they make 
in the tournaments. Because like you said, right. D, if you don't make the cut, yep. you don't make a dime in the right. PGA. Although they're changing that now. They're changing it a little bit. Because they got, they got because they're competing against the live now. Before they had no competition. That's who. Because Up, oh, Dante froze on With a big smile on his face. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that so um, that makes for – competition always makes for uh, better practices. Um, and because, you know, the, the PGA has to now compete for these players – to play in their tournaments, you know, now they got to step up. They, they've increased their purses. Uh, they've uh, increased the, the the minimum that they're paying to these players to actually just come out there. So, mm-hmm. but still, it, it's, it doesn't compare to what the Liv is doing. And Liv doesn't even have a TV contract just yet. If if Liv catches on like they think it's going to catch on, the PGA Tour is going to be in trouble. Because if I'm guaranteed, like, like D said, I'm guaranteed $100,000, at a tournament, and not, well, they have like fourteen tournaments in a in a, in a year. That's one point four million dollars. I'm guaranteed just because I'm on a tour, not including <laughs> the signing bonuses that they, that they're giving just for me coming over there to play. So it's it's a no brainer. In addition to the sponsorship, that in you sponsorship and all this other stuff, exactly. Mm-hmm. So more power to the live brothers. Congratulations, Kevin. Yes, sir. Um, congratulations, P three. Another little uh, quick thing we're going to talk about is in the world of NCAA softball. Uh, Dorian, tell us about uh, UCLA and Oklahoma. Super, the, um, well, the Super Regionals have started, and uh, the number two team in the country, UCLA, who has also has the most NCAA uh, women's softball championships of all time, was bounced um, by Liberty, a small school. <laughs> Liberty. Um, Liberty. But the uh, the super the super regionals have started. Um, you've got uh, six, so it means it's sixteen teams left. Uh, Duke is is finally in there. They're hosting their first super regional, so that just goes to show you how well um, Duke is playing. Um, but the women from Oklahoma are hitting bombs. <laughs> uh, man. I don't know what they eating out in Oklahoma, what they eating, <laughs> eating them ladies at the training table. Um, but man, them women from Oklahoma out there hitting oh, out there hitting bombs, man. man. Hey. Um, so I, I love I actually love watching college the college baseball tournament and I love watching the women's softball tournament. Um, the things that they can do with a softball pitching underhand. Uh and and I was totally convinced that time that uh that John Crook stepped up to the plate. Um, I forgot who <laughs> I forgot who was who he was and couldn't batting touch it. and couldn't touch it. Couldn't touch um, it. So he a career what two ninety nine hitter in in Major League Baseball. So I, I do I love watching women's softball, man. Um, so if you get a chance to watch it, you know check it out. This uh, this looks like it's gonna be a good tournament, but they're all good tournaments. So dudes love Oklahoma. the long balls, huh? Oklahoma. Dudes love the long ball. Oklahoma. Woo! I think they they only lost one game this year too. They like fifty one and one or something like that. That's what's up. That's what's up. All right, Dante. Another thing happened this past weekend was in the world of boxing, Mm-mm. where we had uh, Lomachenko versus Haney uh, in their battle. Talk to us about that because it was something something that happened that was kind of a little bit of uh, controversial. <laughs> Oh, 
That's what that controversial was. First of all, that's what the fight, that's what the decision was. So, first of all, this is one of the reasons why I don't like boxing. It wasn't really controversial. It was just one of the scores cards, as you see there, 16-12 for unanimous decision. When it actual, the fight was actually closer than what the score says. So that's where the controversy came. Overall, yeah, Haney won the fight by points. Uh, Lomachenko did have a strong, fierce ending. If anything, it should have, it could have easily been a draw. But the 16-12 is what created all the controversy in the boxing world. So that, again, is one of the reasons I don't like boxing. Well, one of the things I've always uh, wondered is why don't they just show you the score after every inning or every inning, every after round. Every round. Um, so that way it makes it, a little, it, makes it more every round. Mm-hmm. You know, show your score, what you scored the round at the end of the round. So when you get to the end, you won't have that issue. Uh, because, you know, it's kind of – the fight was close. It was a close fight, right? And it was a difficult fight to to, to actually score. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. – but I, I'm with you. I would have been – it would have been – even if it was a split decision – I could have lived with that, but like mm-hmm. like I said, I have I a decision with that one judge having it as um, uh, high scores uh, for for Haney as he did. Six, twelve was kind of was kind of you know a, a little. It, it gives validation to the people that say boxing <laughs> is fixed, basically. Mm-hmm. When you see scores like that, um, especially you know mm-hmm. again watching that fight. And you see, it, it wasn't nearly as as uh, one sided as that judge made it out to be. That, that fight was a lot closer than that judge made it out to be. That's why you know, mm-hmm. make it more transparent. Show me how. Show me where you uh, each round when you came up with the score. So that was just my thought on it. You know, right. you know, on that same note, Rodney, with the transparency, uh, I agree with you on that. They should, after each round, the judges should put up their scores. And obviously, you have the CompuStats, right? Round, mm-hmm. you literally can take and CompuStats scores and do an average. I would be comfortable with a system like that. So it take you got the human element you have to use for CompuScore. It won't be too long before AI sets his way into boxing to be able. You know, you see these things, and again, that's going to be the only way to help boxing from what we perceive as being a fixed sport. And the thing is, see, boxing has they they have a, a PR problem anyway because mm-hmm. uh, the UFC has just just been killing them. Uh, pe- more people watch UFC than than boxing. They watch UFC every week, basically. It's the UFC four hundred every week. <laughs> so boxing really needs to do something. And when you have situations <laughs> like this, where there is you know the the uh, appearance of improprieties. It, it makes their sport even even more bad, even more bad, even more bad. Wow, it makes tarnishes, their, tarnishes the sport. Makes their sport even more even uh, more um, susceptible, like you said, to being considered as fixed. So, so I like problem, 
the big difference the big difference between boxing and UFC um but for me is that there's only one UFC mm-hmm. there's one UFC champion you got a WBA a WBC a WBO a IBF you got all of these other different champions so everybody's claiming to be champion right not only is everybody all these other things claiming to be champion well then what happens is is that if you don't have all four belts well then the one champion don't necessarily want to fight the other champion his promoter wants to keep him from fighting him mm-hmm. so you never really get the good fight see in the ufc you have to get the good fights because you can only be the champion so you got to fight all mm-hmm. of the good guys in order to be champion in, in boxing, I can say I'm champion because I won the IBF and I don't ever have to fight any of those other guys and any of those mm-hmm. other things, in those other organizations or whatever, because I'm the champion. Mm-hmm. And so you got the promoters and that's where you get the impropriety from, right, is, is mm-hmm. you got the promoters. And they are because, you know, don't get me wrong. I'll just use this example. And I know cats, maybe not y'all, but I know if I say this, people are going to want to argue, argue. But I love Floyd. Mm-hmm. I, I love Floyd. I think Floyd is one of the greatest to ever do it. But Floyd made sure he was gonna go undefeated. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he picked. He picked. Floyd, fight he hand picked everything. He, he hand picked everything. Mm-hmm. You know when, like when he fought Pacquiao, when he fought, you know, all these other. He he mm-hmm. hand picked when he fought them them cats, and that's what promoters do. They hand pick when they fighters are gonna fight certain guys, and if they're gonna fight certain guys, and so on and so forth. I remember my dad always talking about Aaron Pryor, you know, because mm-hmm. that was his boy, and about how Sugar Ray's people would, wasn't going to let Sugar Ray fight Aaron Pryor when Aaron Pryor was in his prime. They was like, oh, uh-uh. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. that's not going to happen. And you notice they never fought. Nope. Never did. Right? So, so and, and that becomes the problem. You never really get to see who's really, really the best a lot of times in boxing because they pick and choose who they fight. And, and that's what makes uh, boxing, um, you know, I'm sorry, that's what makes UFC now better than boxing is that that one champion. So everybody got to fight everybody in the UFC. Dana White makes sure of that, whereas mm-hmm. in boxing, they don't. Mm-hmm. That's a great point, D. That's a great Speaking point. Speaking of Speaking of promotions, guys, and boxing doing a horrible job. You got you guys know what fight is up next? Anybody? Anybody? <laughs> nope. Talk about, er, er, about the Earl Spence fight. Earl Spence. But Crawford, exactly my point. They've done a horrible job building up to this fight. This is that's next month. And this is a mm-hmm. big pay-per-view. And this is another one of those fights to Dorian's point of the example with prior to not wanting to fight. This fight, we've been building up, we've been waiting for this fight for almost what three, four years, if not longer, right. because the promoters, each promoter keeps putting it off from one or the other. You know, I know uh who's it? Uh I think it was Crawford had the car accident or whatever. That's understandable. We came back for that, but to keep putting this fight off, it makes no sense. But now here we are a month away, and you don't hear anything about, about it, guys. You don't hear anything about it. Nope. Prob in probably boxing promotions. But anyway, so, so showing our age that's why know, back in the like day. It. Back in the day, um, we knew about the, the, the next big boxing match two, three months in advance. And we we, we was anticipating count the days now. Mm-hmm. Now, bro, I can tell you I just happened to, to go come across a, a boxing match. And I like yeah. boxing. 
I normally I normally find out about it like two weeks out. <laughs> exactly. And I like boxing, but and that's mostly because of my son, because he's really into boxing. Isaiah. It, and it took these cats so long to cut to actually agree yeah. to this fight that they just really agreed to it. Came to terms what just a week or so ago. A week ago. Because we, we mentioned this uh a long time ago. I forgot it was episode three or four. We it came out that they were supposed to be fighting, and we was like, oh, and then all of a sudden it fell through. We was like, oh, <laughs> and then now here we and go. Now they fight next so, month. Now they fighting mm-hmm. in July, the end of July or whatever. So, man, I remember I got to see uh, on another note, man, just thinking about dad and boxing. Uh, number one, having getting a chance to hold the belts, I never understood. I, I held Aaron's belts. Uh, man, I don't know how they carried them three belts to the ring like that. That's crazy. That makes no sense to do that. But I remember after dad passed, man, I was in New Orleans and I saw Tommy Hearns. And uh, man, I wanted to walk up to Tommy Hearns so bad and be like, dude, you just don't understand how my dad would just love this moment for me. To but he kind of, he was, he was kind of on the other side. I didn't get a chance to run over and talk to him, but you know. uh, he was being a fanboy. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. That, that time I was. <laughs> All right, uh, enough of boxing. We're going to go to our next thing. Um, NHL, D, talk to me. NHL playoffs going on right now. What's the score in the game, Dante? It's still 2-2, I think. I got to – let me switch to two. it. Yeah, it's, it's still 2-2. Two, two, still 2-2. Uh, two, two. 12 minutes left in the third period. Um, well, what's happening is the Panthers sweep. Shout out to uh, Matt Kachuk. Shout out to uh, Walt – or Keith Kachuk, rather – uh, St. Louis Blues being uh, talking about the St. Louis Blues connection. Um, Rob Brendamore was the, the coach of the Carolina Hurricanes. Me and Rodney mm-hmm. were talking about that the other day. So the Panthers sweep. But but check this out, though. The Panthers down um, 3-1 in the first series to Boston. Come back and win 4-3. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. they have swept um, next the two. next two series. So, um, and I, I thought we were gonna get a sweep again. Uh, we gotta wait and see how the, how this game is going, how it's gonna end. But we just think about it. We almost had literally four sweeps in all the conference finals in the NHL and the NBA. But uh, it, you know, Boston, of course, end up winning and holding on. We'll see what happens with um, with Vegas and and the and the Stars tonight. Uh, but man, Matthew, tonight Kachuk also. Really making, Matthew Kachuk is really making a name for himself um, in these playoffs. Hey, that's crazy. Hey, uh, so like like you guys were talking about how these guys came from the wild card, and shout out to Duclair, you know, the brother we did do a feature on Florida when they was the wild card. They got one of the brothers that's going to be going to the Stanley Cup. So, of course, I'm going to be cheering uh, for the Florida Panther. And because Kachuk is on there. Of course he's on there. But one of the other things, guys, if y'all remember, in the game that we're watching now in this 2-2 Dallas game was their captain, Jamie Ben, getting suspended uh, for two games. And if anybody that missed it, let, let me just show y'all that real quick. Let me pull we'll it. see if this is just two minutes. This is a really undisciplined penalty for Jamie Ben. Linesman Brad Kovacic and Bevan Mills. Here's where the penalty is coming up, right there. As Ben drives his stick on top of the head of Stone. Here's the call. Just a five-minute penalty. Five-minute major. 
That was kind of dirty. Yeah, it was. Real dirty. <laughs> For real. Kind of dirty. Because he came down on his yeah, neck. He came down on, his head. Mm-hmm. on the ice. That's dirty. But and, that's and, then he tra- and then he tried to say, but what he tried to say was he fell and he was trying to catch himself. <laughs> but sometimes you have to break your fall by yeah, breaking somebody's you. neck. <laughs> you have to break somebody's neck to break your fall. Right. Hey, hey. Right. Not, not. Had that been somebody that hit LeBron, LeBron would be in, in uh traction in a hospital. There you go. <laughs> trying to get Stop his back. Stop the flop. Stop the flop. Stop the flop. We're gonna talk about that later, but <laughs> stop oh, the flop. Gosh. But uh, so, uh back to the NHL though, but the reason hey, but, that the that the Panthers hey, are winning is holy Bobriev, man. They they can't get nothing past him. Go ahead, Dante. No, I was just gonna say, not only the goalie, but uh, Lekachuk is pucking out, man. I mean, what's his third, fourth game winning goal? The man is carrying him, and he may be able to do something that his dad was able to accomplish, and that's whole Lord Stanley Cup. So, again, so, I'm definitely yeah. rooting for the Florida Panthers. So, I want to get D a shout out. Is his name? I want to get Doran a shout out because Doran has been. Uh, a wonderful revelation these last few weeks with his wonderful knowledge of the NHL game that he's just learning. <laughs> I know that's right. Well, shout out to you, D. Shout out. Cross check. Yeah, uh, I'm learning. All right. Also, this week, shout out, shout out to Linda Cohn. I've been listening to Linda Cohn on ESPN. Oh, she's great. <laughs> she is great, and she loves hockey. Yeah, she was a she goalie. What? She, she was a goalie. Yeah, I did not know that. I did not know that. Um, so this week, my Cardinals had like an up and down week. Uh, when we were doing our production, you no, know, I was all geeked because the Cardinals had uh seven and three <laughs> the last 10 games. Um, they've fallen, uh, lost a couple of games to Doran boys, but that's okay, that's okay. We still are only six games back. Uh, <laughs> but hmm. our pitches is still. The issue. The pitching is still the issue. The bats are killing. The 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 pitching is killing us. So it's a double-edged sword. However, one of the things that I did see is that the Cardinals are one of the teams that are mentioned if slash when um, the Angels decide to trade Shohei. So it's apparently St. Louis is one of the teams that Shohei would like to go to. If that's the case, man, that could fix a couple of issues on our team. One, the main part being our, our pitching staff, as Dante has on here, Adam Ain't Right has a 6.33 ERA after 21 innings. A week ago, I was saying, oh, it's only been two games. Well, now it's been four games, and it's not right. much better. <laughs> so he's given up 15 runs in four Can't games. Right. Come on, man. Come on, man. Um, three homers in four games. That's not good for a starting pitcher. <laughs> and he only has 10 Ks in the four games. That's really not good. Not for a pitcher. Uh, what is that? Four, was, the thing says 4.2 per nine. That's not good. That's not a good ratio. Yeah. 
Hold on. Hold on, Rodney. And that's a misnomer. So that's K's over nine. It's 4.2. When in actual, he doesn't pitch more than five innings. So that's a little flaw because they're doing over nine innings. So it's actually worse. Because that's why I highlighted those. But like I said, in just four games and 21 innings pitch. So you do the math of how many innings that he's pitching. That's less than five innings. So he's not even going nine for that stat to even be right. He's giving up, what, seven hits per game. You see the ERA over three, you know, the home runs. He's he's done. We talk about Adam Wainwright every two weeks, put a fork in him. So I hope he's one of the guys, because of his contract, that the Cardinals may be willing, able to shove him off to California where Wainwright can go retire to the California sunset or something because he's washed up and done. And when you're done sending Wainwright out, matter that, send all the starters off. Rodney, have you looked at the at our ERA? Pull it up, Rodney. Pull up our starters' ERAs. It's horrible. And that's what it said. Our bats are good, but the pitching is worse. We need to ship out all the starters. Well, with rain and Wayne right. Ain't right. Can't get right. Well, let me, let me tell you this, Dante. You, you trying to get rid of rain right? They will not get rid of rain white because this is going to be his last year. It's going to be his last year. So we stuck with him for the for the year. Uh, our starters, uh, Miles Mikolas, he has a three and one record, four point two three ERA. Uh, he's given up twenty nine runs in eleven starts. Jordan Montgomery, four point five five ERA. He's two and six. Jack Flaherty, uh, five point two nine ERA. He's three and four. So yeah, our, our pitching staff is absolutely horrendous. We have a team ERA of actually our <laughs> our team leader in ERA is uh Mikolas, who is at 4.23. So that is not <laughs> that is not good. He leads the team in ERA and wins with three. So yeah, our pitching so <laughs> our pitching is a problem, bro. We have a team ERA of 4.46, which ranks us. I'm trying to give you let me give you the ranking. Butt naked last. Nah, I don't think we last. Let me, let me, let's let's hope we not last. Uh, our our t- uh, that's the win. Y'all won't let me pick. Y'all won't let me put up the Cardinals eating ass pick no more. So no, we don't want that. No, no, no. no, no we're no, not no, last, no. D. Uh, but we're twenty first. So, but what's worse is we behind the Tigers, man. Wow, that's 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 just just horrible. That's. It's funny what you what you looking at because the, the that's, that's what I pulled up has uh, St. Louis above Detroit at twenty and Detroit at twenty one. That's probably before tonight for Team ERA. <laughs> this is from yeah, I'm looking at Team ERA, ESPN.com. Uh, Detroit uh, oh, yeah, is and we did lose Detroit is four point four zero and the St. Louis at twenty and St. Louis yeah, is four point four twenty one. That was probably okay, before tonight's game. Since we lost the yeah, they garbage juice. So, the pitching staff but garbage juice. Again, at the end of the day, we only six, six games out. And it's still not June 1st. So there's plenty of time for them to get ready, but it's, hey. What did, what did, well, um, that tells you a lot about the NL Central then, doesn't it? 
It does. If, if, the, if the Cardinals are six, last games, week, six games under 500, but only only five and a half games out of first. <laughs> so, so what did what did uh, Yogi Bear say? He went for the red late early. So we need to. They need to go ahead and start turning this thing around, man. Like I said, June uh, June first is in what six days? Seven yep. days. Yep, seven. So you know, come come June, you got June by July first. You, you got to be jockeying for position. <laughs> Yeah, May got 30. <laughs> I, had, I had to go through my song. 30 days has September, April, June, and November. All the rest at 31. I had to count. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I what always forget which day is that 30. That's actually a song I've never known. I've never heard that before. Oh, what, yeah, that, that's a song. song. Yeah. Hey, but uh, box. Yeah, I've never heard that before. Oh, come on, Dante, talk to us about MMA. What's I want to know? We just talked about boxing. That's all, all y'all really know. Thing. This is exactly so. This is biggest news to come out of MMA last year when uh, Big Francis Ngannou signed with PFL. Uh, I don't know if you guys know what PFL is. That's the Power Fight League, and like we talk about with boxing or with the Neil with Liv and P in the PGA. This is the direct competition to Dana White, and he don't like it because one of the biggest stars in MMA, and you're going to see a little influx of fighters going over. Uh, this is a big deal, guys, because one of the reasons Francis went over is because he couldn't get the deal he wanted with Dana White in the UFC. In particular, he wants to box. So one Ooh. of the agreements and one of the things he's going to be allowed do in the PFL is he's going to be able to box in an exclusive uh, pay-per-view, PFL pay-per-view anytime he wants. Uh, secondly, he can pursue any separate contract in professional boxing. So he can come over to, uh, like Dorian was saying, one of these leagues and come fight one of these heavyweights uh, in between them trying to figure out who wants to fight and go right back over to PFL and fight. Uh, what else? He's going to be, oh, speaking of ownership, he's going to be an executive and going to be an equity owner in PFL Africa. So what's happening? PFL is expanding their league, if you will, to Africa as well. Just like we just talked about, we're going to talk about a little bit with other uh, minor leagues like baseball and such. They're going to Africa. You have a lot of African MMA fighters over here. And Francis Ngannou is basically going to be running that. It's, it's set with the line in like 2025. So that's a big deal from him. And you're going to see other fighters uh, crossing over. So that gives the PFL now, what, 74 fighters? They have all the different divisions, uh, women's and everything. And like Rodney was pointing out, not just UFC, PFL is on almost every other week. So every week there's some kind of MMA on. Boxing is falling back to the back burner. Bare knuckle boxing is becoming bigger than boxing right now. So uh, definitely wanted to bring that, point that out up there, that what's going on with the with Francis Zaganu. So that's just some of the little highlights of what the PFL is. Uh, for you guys that don't know, don't watch it. Very similar to the uh, UFC, just a lot of fighters you haven't heard of. A lot of fighters that come from wrestling and they go to the startup. But this is Dana White's competition. 
and he don't like it, fellas. But you can watch it as you see down there. It's on ESPN Plus, ESPN Two, uh, all the pay per views. Dana White's competition, fellas. Oh, and this is what boxing you... has to do about. I'm sorry, Ryden. So Dante, Dante, I need you to right, school, me. school me. On the graphic, it says uh, fighters compete each year in a regular season playoff and a championship. How does that work? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's one of the biggest caveats of how the PFL works. So, like, with boxing and with the UFC, promoters basically uh, schedule your fights. They pick who you're going to fight and everything. Well, this is basically just like, you know, a playoff format, sports season uh, format. So you have a regular season. So in each division, right, you say you have uh, eight fighters in the division. Well, through that, they're scheduled. And through the regular season, they have a schedule, uh, uh, the record. They go into a playoff you know, a two-bracket playoff or whatever, and then they go to a championship. That's something MMA doesn't do. So if you're the number two contender, you don't have to worry about Dana White coming in and snatching in the number five because it's a big name or he did something popular to skip over you. It's a playoff. So your regular season won't matter. As long as you make the playoffs, you ain't got to worry about uh, your promoter coming in and skipping over you in the fight, which commonly happens in the UFC and what happens in boxing. So that's one of the biggest... uh, uh, attributes about the PFL as well. You can actually monitor the production of the fighters, and it's not, as we say, dictated by promoters. And it makes and it they have control. Like everybody, or everybody has to fight every, It makes it seems like it makes sure that everybody has to fight everybody. It, it does. It does. Everybody fights everybody. You got to worry about no collusion. Like I said, picking the mm. somebody else to fight a fight when you're serving, stripping a belt from somebody. Ain't nobody got a belt to the championship, and that's one of the beauties of it. Oh, that's pretty sweet. So definitely check out PFL. That's different. That is different for uh, it's definitely different. And that's that's different Francis Ngannou looking like a Mike Tyson punch out character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so. Also this week, are we skipping over one? Okay. What are we skipping uh, over? We, we, we skipped skip skip over, over my NFL. No, no. Uh, what's the one? He skipped over we my did? NFL. No, yeah. we did. It's not on the banner. It's right here. Oh, oh, okay. Well, oh, well, just go ahead, go to it. Yeah, it's oh, not on the banner. I don't know what happened to it. Uh, it's, yeah. this, is just, this is a real, a real short um, acknowledgement. Uh, this week, one of the well, arguably the greatest. We're going to say one player. of the greatest running backs. Actually, he's one of the greatest football players of all time, mm-hmm. Jim Brown. Um, but he was he was more than just a football player. One of the greatest. Sorry, Hall of Fame football player. He's a, 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 a significant activist uh, during his time. Uh, a great actor. Uh, and a you know wonderful father, friend, <laughs> great, great actor, or he's just a great actor, man. Wait, wait, wait. He, he did pass. He, he died, D. So D, yeah, come, come on, man. Great. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna talk on, about the man. He passed. Yeah, come on, you now. gotta give his great D. He died. I love I love Jim Brown, but I ain't about to say he was a a great actor. He was a great actor, man. No matter how much I loved, I'm gonna get you, sucker. <laughs> man, come on, bro. That's one of the greatest movies ever. Come on, give Jim Brown his his due. Anyway, uh, we do want to acknowledge. 
we do want to acknowledge, you know, um, uh, he passed at, what was it, 83 years old? I yeah. think it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's so, 83. So to Jim Brown's family, uh, we do want to pass on our condolences from Blame It on the Boogie podcast. Uh, another thing this week, Carmelo Anthony, former Nick, former Nugget, former Thunder, and uh, Trailblazer, and Lakers. Laker. Uh, who else he played for? That was, he was the Rockets for uh, about 12 games. <laughs> yeah, he, he did play. He got traded to, to, to the Houston. So former Rocket. Um, retired this year, just this week. He is the number nine scorer all time in the NBA. Uh, several, no, he has all the accolades, all NBA um, scoring records, blah, 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 blah. But he was also voted as one of the 75 best players when the NBA celebrated their all uh, 75 team. So the question that we have uh, during the time he was he was selected, he was still act, an active player. No. Should NBA all-time no. include active <laughs> players? Hell no. <laughs> like, talk to me, D. Talk to me. Why, why do you feel that way? <clears throat> no, because they, they still playing. Uh, I, I mean, I think. What, what, what question? What, what question, D, before you elaborate? I have a question. Who creates the all-time list for the NBA? That's all I have. Go ahead, Dorian. Now, I don't, you know, that, and, you know, it's funny because that was actually going to be part of my answer um, or my response or whatever. I don't okay. think so. No, I think, I think that you need to be retired um, before you can be on one of these, quote, all time teams. Um, I think it's a disrespect to a lot of other players who played the game who were, who were good as well. Again, these guys, they're good. Nobody's saying that they're not going to be the greatest ever, or that they're not going to make the Hall of Fame. But as of right now, they're still playing, right? Um, so let the guys who have played the game and uh, who have retired, let let them, you know, get their flowers, so to speak, right? Uh, although I'm kind of getting tired of that, that phrase. Um, but I think that this also is a media, very media-driven award. And what I mean by that is the idea of somebody always having to pick who's the greatest, of always having to say who's better, of always coming up with these lists. Oh, if you had the Mount Rushmore, right, I which, I think, which I think is very disrespectful uh, yeah. <laughs> to, to the Native ahead. Americans in South Dakota. But anyway, um, you know, the, if we had the Mount Rushmore or the top five, you know, it's always something. Well, who's on your list? Who's on your list? You know, of course, for the media, it's something to argue about. Um, but, uh, I, I agree with Dante too. Well, not necessarily, I don't know if he made a point or whatever, but his question is very valid. Who came up with the list? Mm -hmm. it, um, you know, where, where did that list come from that the, that the NBA decided to use to make this whole thing about? And I just think that really in the same way that I hate in game interviews is the same way I hated the fact that when they did that that uh, all time seventy five team that they had to come out and they and they uh, and they already leather, had on their leather jackets and, and leather jackets and they were sweating because they had just been playing in the first half and all mm -hmm. I, I hated that the way that they did that that whole ceremony so no 
I think that you need to be retired first. You should no longer be playing before you talk about being an all-time, you know, player. D-Dub? I agree with Dorian on that one. Uh, I I think D's right. Um, I believe it should be the retired players. Uh, We should have an entire body of work, you know, to, you know, evaluate, you know, whether a player uh, deserves to be on on any list, you know, like that one. and like uh, D also said, it's a it's media driven because you know it's more like a popularity contest as well. Because right. you know, I felt like you know, if that's the case, you know, why didn't Dwight Howard make it? You know, he's on all these all NBA teams. He won all defensive. He won defensive player of the year. I don't know how many times. Like, like three, like but yet two, still, three you got Anthony Davis on there, and you know. <laughs> His his body of work, you know, he, he doesn't have a full body of work, and you know, it's, he it's looking he, like doesn't even does he have a full body? Yeah, he's missing a few limbs. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> right. Uh, hopefully, he'll buy something uh, during the off season or something. He'll buy a leg or a, a shoulder or something. Right. But yeah, I mean, you have to have something to uh, you know, to evaluate, and these guys don't. You know, you have Dame Lillard. Who's you know? I, I think he's a great player, you know, and he probably will deserve to be on there. But you know, like I said, he's never been very far in the playoffs. You know, it's not really his fault, but you know, compared to the people that we're evaluating him up against, you know, that uh, former retired players. Hey, you don't even have Tracy McGrady on there. You don't have uh, who else? We said Vince Carter. That that's the ones that I that I was uh, taking the against too. And they in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, right. they're in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. How do you but, not have yeah. Tracy McGrady as one of the greatest two guards to ever play basketball? But yeah, well, now again, no, no disrespect to Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard is a great player. Oh yeah, but, but Dame Lillard is not Tracy McGrady. No. Yeah, so, like I said, you know, Tracy McGrady has a whole body of work to you know to go off of. Exactly. Right. To evaluate, you ain't putting players in the Hall of Fame. Until they done playing, so why are you putting them on an all a all time team and they're still playing? And to go back to your point about media, it it, it reminds me of Clay Thompson. Mm-hmm. Now he was mad because he didn't make it, and when they interviewed him about it, because you know Clay starting to wear it for some reason, he's all of a sudden starting to wear his heart on his sleeve, right? Mm-hmm. He says, "How you gonna say I'm one of the greatest shooters of all time and then I don't make the the all seventy five team?" <laughs> and it goes to Dante's point. Who said you was one of the greatest shooters of all time? Stephen A. Exactly. Started <laughs> talking about you the greatest. You was one of the greatest shooters of all time. That you mm-hmm. and were the greatest shooting backcourt of all time. He said that. That ain't no no official stat. That's exactly. And, and if that's the case, you could say Craig Hodges was one of the best shooters of all time. Shooters of all Bill time. Ellis, right. That right. don't mean you belong on the top seventy-five team. <laughs> Players of all time, right? So yeah. So again, I'm with Dante. I, I would you know, where that list came. Who shot fifty percent? Exactly. Three. Got, was Steve Nash on the team? Did he make the all seventy five? These guys at like yeah, I, think, I think he did. I'm pretty sure he did because you know he won a couple MVPs. Oh, no. so. These guys at like they have like they get incentives. They like they get an incentive money. First of all, going back to these. The media and everything ain't no incentive money. You ain't making first team NBA, second team, third team. This is an all time NBA team made up by the media, first and foremost. Yeah. And then, secondly, 
they already have an all-time team to which i all said it's called the hall of fame oh yeah so we don't and need the way you can make up our own all-time team. yeah and the I way mean, you know it's a, a popularity Steven contest it's, it's got to be that's the list bill walton was on the top 50. right how many years did he play in the nba about four or five <laughs> right. Now he played yeah. about fifteen. So to that, to just doing he hurt for eleven of them. Yeah, he was yeah, only good. Fan. He was only good. He was so, only good for three. So keep it three. Yeah. So so keeping that in mind, gentlemen, with all these other twenty-five that have been coming out to the seventy-five, be pushing Bill Walton off the list somewhere. So whether it's fifty, the top sixty, the top seventy-five, it doesn't matter until you get into the Hall of Fame, and then you've made it, my guy. So all these lists, they come out with what you call it, clickbait. We don't care. We can make a list every Bill, week. Rodney like making lists. Come up with Bill something every week. We need content. This Bill Walton's still on the All-75. Yeah, he's still on there. Because he got those two championships. Yeah, but only one of them he played. When he was playing with Boston, all he was doing was swing. Every time they showed Bill Walton in that 86 series, he ain't doing nothing but yep. waving a towel and, and turning around, high-fiving. Uh, who was it? That no, he actually played that year. He, he played the year in Portland. He played the year in Boston. And then what was the other year? That was the same team when he played. The son did the same team when he played, too. Now that you mention that. But anyway. Hey, they, they got a lot of practice. But, uh, Dallas just scored. Sorry. Hey, congratulations though to Carmelo. I'm glad Carmelo uh, finally retired though because he was basically just getting blackballed in the NBA anyway. So, shout out. You had a good chance out there. You had a good career, Carmelo. So, Melo's Melo's issue was the last few years. He, it, it was hard for him to give up being the man. Uh. He started to accept it after that last time he got uh, released and couldn't get a job. And then Portland gave him a, Portland gave him a job. He started to accept it uh, mm-hmm. and then went to L.A. Didn't really have as great a season as they wanted to. Uh, wanted him, he wanted to have in L.A. And then after that, I mean, it, it, you can only you can only not play defense for so long. And right now, you know, he, 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 he's done. All right, what's the no, well, right now he fit right in with everybody else in the NBA. Nobody yeah. plays defense. That's true. That's true. What's the breaking news, Dante? Vegas and the Dallas Stars have gone overtime. 2-2. We're going to keep Woo. it. And more importantly than that, Boston won 110-97. The Celtics. <laughs> Go Celtics. All right. Hey, Celtics. They were up by 20 at one point. The Celtics are Celtics are. Um, Can they do it? You know, they, they pushing it right now. Yeah, pushing it now. The pressure, the pressure is on Miami right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got to win because home. Miami has to win Game Six oh, in Miami. Exactly. Miami went to uh, went from uh, playing with house money to <laughs> being under pressure. Now they under pressure. They have to win. Um, so speaking of which, speaking of Miami. Which, which, Kind of, right, kiss if, us at the same time. If Miami does somehow uh, go ahead and win this last game, can they beat Denver? Should, should we be having this conversation? I don't <laughs> want to have this conversation. <laughs> I don't want to have it. <laughs> Probably not, D. Should we even be having this conversation? Because uh, Miami has gotten blown out the last, last two games in a row. Yeah, I, I don't, don't want to have it anyway. I don't want to hear about Boston getting eliminated. <laughs> 
So all right. So let, let's let's change it a little bit. But, but I'm gonna say it. I still would say no. Or or should we just say can Mike can, can Marvin any, come back? Can we say can anybody beat Denver? Uh, that, that's that. what I was about to say. <laughs> can the East can the East representative beat Denver this year? No. No. Not this even, year. Even no. your boys dudes? We have the no. talent, but uh no, dude. No, we don't do. No, we don't do. You have to get hot at the right time. Denver is hot right now. No, we don't. They have everything. Dudes, you sound like Dudes, you sound like Rodney with his optimism for the Cardinals people staff. No, they don't. I never say no. I'm with you, dudes. I can never say no. Unless Joker unfortunately gets hurt or something in the championship, no. Horford can't hang. He can't bang down there with Joker. Williams can't hang. He ain't gonna be able to bang down or get out to defend Joker. No. Come on, let's be realist. I'm a Boston fan too, dude. You saw me put it up there. I cheer for. I cheer for my guys, but no. Whoever but Denver, represent- can't guard, Denver can't guard our guys either. So the East has <laughs> but no. Denver, answer but Denver Joker. is hot right now. That's all. Denver very East. hot. Yeah. The East has no answer for Joker. The only answer that the East had was eliminated with the second round in Giannis in Milwaukee. So, no. Now, now I think what, what, what actually hurt is Miami was also hot, but they're not hot anymore. So, I think that kind of that kind of pushed, swayed everything to Denver's, uh, you know, pocket. I think, I, see, dudes, I disagree that, uh, that Denver can't guard Boston. I think that I think that Denver has the length to be a seat. I think because when you start talking about Michael Porter Jr., you start talking about Gordon, um, you're talking about Jamal Murray, they they have the length to be able to guard. Oh, you um, forgot Brown. Brown. Brown's yeah. a good defender. Yeah. Um, but but he gonna be, but he but he too small. No, he ain't. He ain't. He ain't tall enough for for Tatum or Brown, or he ain't big enough for them. But well, he's so he's scrappy, and he can jump. He's, he's scrappy, but but you know, I I really think that um, from a defensive standpoint, um, because Missoula does not emphasize defense, and it's obvious that they don't play defense anywhere near the way that they had they were playing defense last year. Um, even though they were one of the best, even and, and even they're not even playing defense the way that they played defense in the regular season, and, and I think it's interesting. One of the stats it, it was another. They keep bringing up this stat, and I talked about it before that uh, whenever um, Boston shoots over forty percent from three, they are like forty-seven and two or something on mm-hmm. the year, right? Mm-hmm. So. All Missoula does is emphasize shooting threes. That's what I was saying the other day. We were texting mm-hmm. that that article, which I read earlier, but again, they talked about it again just the other just today. As a matter of fact, when I was uh watching uh NBA today, they brought they brought it up again. So he only emphasizes when they come in and they're not shooting well, his solution is shoot more, not Let's buckle down. Let's play defense. Let's get started on the defensive end. Let's generate some easy buckets defensively. Let's lock down that way. His idea is, okay, we'll come in and start shooting more. And then they do exactly what it is that you complain about that they do. 
They mm-hmm. stop running plays. They come down. They go one-on-one high pick and rolls at the top so they can shoot threes and all that kind of stuff. And it seems like that I, I see Denver as just, well, one, able to guard them, but really much more disciplined mm-hmm. than, than Boston. And and so I, I think that they, I think that Denver beats Boston. Oh, yeah. Denver's a well-armed machine. So Yeah. And then, like I said, they're hot at the right time. You're always going to get hot at this time of year. And they're the hottest of the hot. I also uh, think a big problem is Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I hmm. think that, see, I think th- that's the problem with these kind of super teams, even, even though on with Miami it was a little bit different. But I think that Boston has not, as a team, has not decided, or, or Jalen Brown, has not decided that he wants to be the second fiddle. Mm-hmm. I, 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 at, on Denver, everybody knows is Joker. Oh yeah, and we spoke Jamal about that before. Murray, and then with 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 Jason Tatum and, and Brown mm-hmm. always going back and forth, and I think that's a problem. And we talked about that before because uh, when Kyrie was there, that was that's the same thing that he said. He said they were like in a like a power struggle, you know, not. It wasn't, you know, anything that was being voiced, but we're gonna talk it was an obvious we're power struggle. Talk about that a minute. We're going to talk about that a little while later. This is another one that came out of the NBA. What happened to that news, Rodney? You see that? What's going on with this boy? He just can't so, stay off social media or what? So yesterday, um, the police were actually called to John Morant's house because of an Instagram post that he posted. Um, cryptic post. It was very cryptic. And the, the thing about it, <laughs> I was talking to Dorian yesterday. The, the thing about it, uh, I, I I was conjuring up my inner Dante with all my conspiracy theories um, because I said that you would you would hope you would hope that it's not true. However, it's it's kind of uh odd that you know he would post some stuff like this mainly because first off get off ig period we already said that a couple weeks ago stay off ig just just don't do it but his his thing was he was saying that you know he posted this thing it was his way of saying he was going to get off of social media but the the post was so cryptic it said love you ma love you ma love you dad um love you baby girl and bye pretty much, which made a lot of people nervous because they're like, you know, this man is having some, you know, he claims he's having some mental issues. Uh, He's having trouble with stress and, you know, he's been playing with guns left and right. And then why would you say bye to them? Because you're still going to see them. Exactly. Maybe maybe he's, um, he should say bye, bye, bye IG. That would have been better. Exactly. But you know the people that saw it were concerned. Saying, you know, maybe you know he's having a break now. So they sent they sent the uh, police over there. He, no, my, he thing was, my thing was, you know, just like just like he had that two day uh-huh. sabbatical um, in in Florida yeah, in to to work yeah, with you know, his mind right. Well, he worked out the stress in the script club. Yeah. Was, was this another PR stunt? To I, try think to, it, I, try to, no, I think it was. Get some I, pressure I think, off uh, of him? I think it was a PR stunt to, um, it, you know, his, his fixers, his, uh, what is it, Olivia Pope's? I think it was uh, it's, it's like strategic for them to uh, 
garner some sympathy for Ja because that that sympathy card worked the first time with hey i'm going to get treatment you know i have these issues and you know i think it could that it, that, that could be a possible angle told you my inner dante yeah, yeah. so because of what happened last time that's it yeah because of what happened last time I'm almost positive that everybody would have said, you know, all these people was like, just stay off IG. That's it. You know, leave IG alone, period. So right but there. All of a sudden, like this right comes there, dude, out. That's why. Yeah. That's why I, I like that theory, Roddy, as far as PR stunt to get sympathy from people. If that's the case, that's the worst PR stunt. Because the easiest way to stay out of trouble to get the easiest way to get all the trouble with social media, unplug social media. Don't go on. Just like us. We close our Facebook. We can close our Twitter. We can close our IG. Just close the app. That's the best way people know that you're getting straight. The best way to stay out of trouble is to stay out of the news. Then come back, you know, when spring, after this season, you know, looking fit and everything, people forget. That was the stupidest thing he could have done again to draw attention again he's young and he's dumb what did kwame brown call him deuce <laughs> nba dumb boy but what we're NBA saying dumb is dumb boy. That what we're NBA saying that this wasn't jaw's idea this is jaw's fixer's I understand idea theory. to go on i understand that theory yeah i understand that dude so they, I heard they instructed Rodney him to go on Mm -hmm. That's why I said if that's the case, that's the worst PR and fixers move ever. Because now oh, you my. just draw the police even more. So think about endorsements. Hold on, guys. Think about endorsers. They're going to want to put out even more. Now you got a fragile-minded guy running around too. So you got somebody out there more fragile in the mind than uh, Ben Simmons. But, but see, that's uh, that's the thing, though. Exactly. <laughs> that's the thing, though. They're, they're not gonna they're not gonna pull out from them now because now I had, no, because of, yeah. because of the 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 stigma with with people having mm -hmm. uh, mental illnesses. They're not. Oh, you, oh, they will look horrible if they if they, if they drop left it. someone that's having some mental issues. Mm -hmm. Hey, what's that, Rodney? Two. That's the time. That's how many days he went to Miami to figure out what was going on with him. Remember no, but that. see, this is gonna be so, this is gonna be more than two stuff, days, though. Yeah, yeah. Don't this, this is gonna be more than two days. Now, don't get us wrong. We're not saying that this is going to work, but we're saying that this is a, a shot in the dark. I, 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 I'm not even saying this is what happened, but what, what I'm saying is, you know, it, it's a nice theory. It brought, it brought like questions to me. It brought questions to me. It makes you right. I, and I don't want to doubt the man because if he if he does if he really does have you know. If he's struggling with some mental illnesses or whatever, bro, I don't want you to get all the help you can possibly get. However, based on your history and and the, and the way your as dude as dude said, the fixers tried to fix this thing last time. It just to me, it just seems a little odd. Again, I could be completely wrong. I probably I probably am. All my predictions have been wrong anyway. Yes. However, <laughs> however, it just it, it seems odd to me. It seems odd. Well, as so as someone who and I know Rodney, you know, this too, I mean, it's kind of serious, though, that somebody who has had someone close to them commit suicide, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, rest in peace to my ship, Marcus, you know, rest in peace to Hayward. Hayward. Um, Hayward. Um, so you you never want to 
go that route to think that somebody is faking something like this, right? Mm -hmm. That they would say something like that because it's a, it's a shout for attention, you know, and, you know, and, and I, you know, being, um, you know, being, uh, uh, in the position that I am at my job, um, we we've had like these suicide prevention trainings or whatever. Right. And this is the kind of stuff that they look for because these kids are on social media. He he's young. So where we can turn social media off for them, social media is an extension of them. So it, it reminds me also of these people who will post something on Facebook, like pray for me, but don't reach out to me to ask me for what's wrong. Just pray for me. Well, then, you know, of course, people are going to ask you why, what's wrong? Are you okay? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's like a, it, it's a. I want attention, but I don't want it. That's I, I want attention, but I don't want attention, but I really want the attention. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I'm really looking for. And that's what it seems like to me. And I, and I, and I hope that it's, you know, he get the, whatever help that he needs. Um, if he truly needs the help, I really hope that he needs it. But at the same time, um, it is very easy to see with the timing of this mm-hmm. um, how it could possibly be, you know, um, you know, a PR stunt. You know, like I said, I, I pray that this is not that's not true, right? But it's just, again, it just seems odd to me. It seems odd, and if if he does need, you know, if this is something that he's seriously going through, bro, uh, get all the help that you can. You have the resources, to, you know, the people are there to help you out. The NBA is there. The NBA PA is there. You know, the Memphis Grizzlies, they're there. Uh, your family's there. You have the financial resources to get all the help you, you can, that you possibly can need. Get it. However, right. if, if this is a ruse, bruh. You, if you found out, you're going to look real bad. Because, again, bruh. you endorse all I can all say is that's been going down about mental health, and sp- particularly black men and mental health. Uh-huh. These these uh, companies don't want to push them to the side and make it seem like they, you know, got some, you know, that they've gotten rid of uh-huh. or no longer want to support someone who is mentally fragile. Uh-huh. They don't they don't they do not want to give that impression at all. Not not uh-huh. to th- not in this society, not in this day and age. Um, they would have some years ago, but they do not uh-huh. want to do that now. But if it's a ruse, dude, you are really done. Juicy and I hope you, I hope it's, I hope it's never found out. That Juicy is, Smoulet, bro. That's all I can say. Juicy Smoulet. Right. Dante, right. what was that? Uh, breaking news, man. What up? Juicy, Juicy Smoulet. It's <laughs> over. It's over in Dallas. It's over in Dallas. Three, two. Dallas wins. They stay alive. Oh, they stayed alive. They, they live to fight another day. Stay alive. Stay alive. To quote the great Dan Patrick. In overtime. <laughs> All right, so we're we'll gonna we'll go goal. back to your, your boys for a hot second. Now, yeah, get my boys up. up on the conversation again. Yeah, you know. I, well, first off, let me say this. Say it. Uh, I'm gonna say this real quick, Ja. If you need help, get the help. But bro, I'm so sick and tired of talking about you each and every week. Um, about something stupid. Yeah, grow up. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, on to the, back to the NBA dudes and your boys again. We were talking about uh, Dorian brought it up the fact that um, uh, about Brown and Tatum playing together. Mm-hmm. So the first question I have is: Can Boston win 
a championship with Brown and Tatum? And if not, which one should go? I think actually, I think they can. I don't think they. Well, I think they can under the right leadership. They can, but uh, if one would have to go, I was. I think we all know it'll probably be Brown because Tatum. Uh, you know, is he's he's probably the more popular of the two. So, but okay, I, I understand that part. Mm-hmm. You said it probably will be Brown, but who should yeah. go? Not not who's the most popular. Based I would say, on the Boston team, which one should go if if they can't win together? I would say Brown. You want Brown to sure. go? Okay. Yeah, I, I don't want him to go, but I, I would say Brown. So Dante, you you the other uh, Celtic fan? What's your thoughts? We'll make the same amount of money. Uh, we always talk about this. They fight amongst each other themselves. And this is a interesting way of looking at it for me. But Jay Tatum fits in to Boston more so than Jay Brown would if one had to go. So if one had to go, uh, they would let go Jalen uh, Brown before they would Jason Tatum. Doran? So that's my thoughts on that. So Brown would probably be the one to go. I say, yes, they can win with Tatum and Brown. Mm -hmm. Tatum and Brown have to decide which of them is going to be number one and which of them is going to be number two. If they can succumb to that decision and say, okay, I'm going to be number one and you're going to be number two, the same way that when they got to Miami – Bosh already said, hey, I know what role I'm playing. D-Wade said, I know what role I'm playing. LeBron, this you. One of them got to make that decision. If they can't make that decision, then uh, Brown got to go. Brown is the one that needs to go. But they but it, it, they could win. The team that they have now is a team that could win the NBA championship. This year? Yes. Yeah. But you can tell on the court that they have not decided amongst themselves which role they want to play. I I was watching, uh, when we was watching the game the other day, I think it might have been game three, and they was down. And uh, Jason Tatum had come down on one end and missed a shot, and Miami came down and scored, and and, uh, Jalen Brown got the ball and went one on four. And shot up some crazy shot that didn't go in, and Miami got the rebound, and then they came back down the court. He just kind of jogged back down the court, and I'm like, "Yeah, they have not decided. Okay, yeah, you're not this. You're number one. I'm number two, or I'm number one and you're number two. That kind of thing. They don't want to do that. They both want to be the man, and that's the problem. If they could decide that, they they win hands down. So yes, I I think they can win with them. But if one of them got to go, it's got to be Jalen Brown. But you know what, Rod? What you know, being uh, as uh, deeply entrenched into the Celtics organization as I am, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I've come to, to discover uh, the issue actually dates back to Brad Stevens. Because if you can remember back to 2018 with that team, they had that was a championship team with Kyrie. When that's when Kyrie was there, Gordon Haywood, and that's where the issue began. 
That's why everybody fell out of favor. Remember, they had Terry Rozier and mm-hmm. all those guys. But they, they lost because Brad Stevens never defined roles. Even when Rozier left, he said that Kyrie Irving said. So everybody was fighting for the number one spot. And so, and you know, with that being said, they had a disappointing season when, you know, the role as a, of a coach and a manager is to manage. It's up to you to define the roles. You know, those roles right. should have been defined in the offseason or at the beginning of the season or even at the halftime break. You know, maybe somebody, you know, had an astronomical uh, first half of the season and, you know, roles need to be redefined. But it should have been defined in the offseason by Brad Stevens. And so when, Ky- when Kyrie left and Gordon and Rozier, then it's like Tatum and Brown licked their chops like, okay, the team is mine now. Now, now it's ours. Yeah. Well, but both of them want to be the number one. And like Dorian right. said, you know, I, I noticed the same thing. We noticed body language. Uh, the other day, uh, I think Tatum hit like three shots in a row or four shots in a row. And then all of a sudden, Brown just started gunning. The ball never got back to Tatum. But you know what? I can I can relate to that because Julius Randle does the exact same thing. <laughs> he does the exact same thing. And he, and he verbalizes it. And he verbalizes it. All right, but going back to your boys, you said it's up to the coach to define the roles. Well, mm-hmm. that brings us to Joe Mazzula. Joe Mazzula has not defined those roles. Mm-hmm. And up until the last two days, two games rather, uh, Joe Mazzula was was looking very, very bad. So I was in I was in Boston during the first two games of the season. And I made, made a series. I made it a point to listen to the sports station in Boston to see what they were talking about, you know, uh, how these uh, how they felt about these losses. And every call that came in was fussing uh and wanting Joe Mazzula fired. So the question is. If Boston does not come back and win this series, will Joe Mazzula be fired? Even though they just gave him a new contract, I think uh, I think these two games have saved Joe Mazzula. That's what I really believe. These two games have saved him. If they would have got swept, I think he definitely would have been fired. Mm-hmm. But I think these I, two I games saved him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's definitely in over his head. You know, I think we can all ag- agree. You know, but. You know, what happened in Doka happened. You know, uh, I didn't like the way Boston handled the uh, Emei Doka situation, but it is what it is at this point. It happened. Uh, but I definitely feel like these uh, last two games, the fact that Boston was able to gut those out, you know, in, in the blowout fashion that they did uh, actually saved his, uh, saved his job. So let me let me ask this mm-hmm. question because I, I don't know the answer to this. This is coming well, from right. Who are, who are, or that would have been another potential uh, top twenty. Say it again. I said, uh, "Dudes, just pointed it rightly. Had it not been for these last two games, Monty Williams may have been getting an interview in Boston." So, who dudes or Dante or D? Who are Boston's assistant coaches? Do they have any veteran? Former no, coaches on their team? Not anymore. They lost uh, Stoudemire and um, I forgot the other guy. Oh, what is the guy's name? I was, Stoudemire I was, was the last one to leave. And, Remember Stoudemire left in the middle left. of the right before the playoffs yeah, to go take the, the college job. Talked about that during 
three episodes, and I can't think of none of the other uh, coaches on the bench. So do you yeah, think that'd have been the last so veteran? Do you think that's that's a, uh, a remedy for Joe Mazzula for him to hire one of these uh, former coaches? He should, that have been he should definitely do that because um, you know that that helped Larry Bird out a lot when he was coaching Indiana. You know to have a a veteran coach, you know, uh, to, you know, pretty much help him out. You know where where, where he needed help or where he might have been kind of green. And uh, you see a lot of other you know uh, first year coaches. You know they. You know, they'll, they'll have somebody on the bench that's been there a while, you know, not necessarily there, but that's been a head coach before. Yeah. That can help them out. And I think that would have helped, really helped him out. So, yeah. But I think these last two games, actually, they really saved his uh, job for now. <laughs> and but but also, you know, looking at it, like I say, you know, it had to be tough to be a first year coach to, you know. Be, to be this deep in the water. To win the NBA championship. Exactly. You, you, were, you were a first-year coach who's expected. You're not expected to get to the finals. Y'all got to finals last year. Mm-hmm. You're expected to take this team and win the NBA mm-hmm. championship. That's what you're expected to do as a rookie head coach the after the last head coach just got fired for a sex scandal. <laughs> and then think about it. This, I mean, this this experience of this playoffs is going to be very valuable to him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you you won't get this experience anywhere else. It's learning under fire, fire, man. Learning under fire. Learning under fire. So he can sleep. Uh, so on the other, on the west on the west side, you had the Lakers going to get up, going against the Joker in Denver, and as we've said before, the Lakers are gone. Uh, they're no longer there. Uh, LeBron is 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 threatening to retire. Uh, I don't believe that. Uh, the Lakers' best player in the series may you know, arguably is was rather Austin Reeves. Mm-hmm. Most consistent. So, so here's the, here's the, I got a couple of questions for y'all. First question on on the Lakers part: How far are you going to go uh, in your salary with re-signing Austin Reeves? Is he a, a is he a definite? Must have on your team that you'll exceed what you, what you would normally uh, pay someone with one year or two. What is it? Is this first year or second year? Second year. I don't keep up. Yeah, he played last year. Would you would you pay would you uh, pay more than what uh, you would normally pay a second year player? Because there are going to be other teams out there that want his services because he oh, the way yeah. he played in his playoffs, he's he is definitely an NBA player. But he's I don't a, know. He's a restricted free agent, though. Is he restricted? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which doesn't really matter. They can. They they still have to match the contract. They so have to match the contract. Yeah. And that's gonna be the problem. Yeah. The, the problem is the Lakers don't have any cap space. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, uh, but yeah. see, if I'm the Lakers, I'm getting rid of everybody except him and Hachimura, and <laughs> and LeBron and AD. Everybody else, y'all can, y'all can go. Yeah, because D-Lo, D-Lo good is gone. Man, he definitely got to go. He lost he so much money in this playoffs. His, his, his play. exit interview should have just been Palenka holding up a sign that said exit. <laughs> <laughs> that away. <laughs> like, so. like, like, like Jeffrey Wright and Shaft. <laughs> yeah, he, he went from wanting another max contract to hoping not he might get the league minimum. Mm-hmm. 
because he's gonna, he's gonna go to a bar and a table like, yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> whatever, man. Give me, give me what you can. I know. Just, <laughs> whatever y'all can afford, just, just, hey, just hook a brother up. Just hook a brother. Make, up. make it easy on yourself, you know. I'll take it, right? So, but yeah, but so, so again, so the next, question, how, how how far will you go, on Austin Reeves? I'm, what Dorian just you. said. This, yeah, just like Dorian said, I would keep him. I would get rid of everybody else except Austin Reeves. You're gonna keep AD if LeBron's gonna stay. So you got those three players uh, there, right? And as we see there in the subhead, if LeBron is trying to use retirement to leverage Kyrie, then you're gonna have to let a bunch of everybody else go to be able to bring Kyrie in to pay him too with AD and LeBron. Austin Reeves kind of. It is So I'm interested how you why they how they left Kyrie. Herein lies the rub, though. In order for LeBron to get Kyrie, he can't have Austin Reeves, nor can he have Hachimura. So that's the that's the trade-off. If LeBron is using his quote unquote retirement as leverage to go for them to make sure that they bring Kyrie over, you're gonna have to get rid of Austin Reeves. Uh, because trust and believe Kyrie not coming in for less than oh, the, yeah. the, the max money. He's nah, just not. Yeah. So and think about Detroit, it. Kyrie by himself is not going to do it. For, and uh, that's added to they'll uh, have, the, they'll have the same issues yeah. with Kyrie, LeBron and uh, AD as AD? Phoenix has. Yeah. They have they'll have okay. the, the stars. Dallas. And and all of them had not played over like 60 games. Dallas won. They haven't played over 65 games. You said that's again? the question, guys. Who would Dallas? Who would Dallas? Who would Cuban? And first of all, that didn't even happen. First, we talking about leverage for Kyrie. Who would Dallas want back in return for Kyrie? That's not the question. Kyrie a free agent. About, you know, Kyrie. Yeah, Kyrie a free agent. Kyrie yeah, a free agent. He sees okay so, again. Max money. It was goes back, back to Doria's point. Everybody else go. You're saying you got Austin Reeves go. They gonna have like you're going to do uh, Rodney Phoenix. They have no bench. Let LeBron mm-hmm. retire. Now you got more money to go to two other players. So don't use any leverage. Let LeBron walk, and the Lakers keep the money. He don't keep the money if he retires. He put too many butts in the seats. That's too much money. Yeah, LeBron ain't going to LeBron ain't going to work. LeBron ain't going to work. So at that point, with everything you guys are saying, yeah. we know he ain't retiring. So that right. question, retirement leverage, makes no sense. He's going to be there. He ain't tiring. No, but he's it's too much money to be made. So here, here's the thing. Well, first off, LeBron doesn't do anything without having a plan. Uh-huh. <laughs> everything he's done has already been scripted out. So for him to for him after that game to say you know I, I'm I'm thinking about whether I'm coming back you know I'm gonna have to take some time blah blah blah, blah, blah. I got, a lot, I got a lot to think about that was yeah. a that was a message to the Lakers saying mm-hmm. get me who I want mm-hmm. <laughs> or it's gonna be some problem because if if I do decide to retire LeBron can sit out a year he can retire this year sit out and then the Lakers won't have his rights anymore and then he can come back the next year and play right. and, and play again whoever he wants to and play with him. Mm-hmm. So I mean, again, LeBron doesn't do nothing without thinking about it. He's already thought about all this stuff, mm-hmm. right? So the Lakers, if if LeBron decide, it, it, it's easy to say we got his money, we can go out new. But who are you gonna get? Exactly. You got you had his money. 
who you gonna get right right now? There's not a, any great free agents out there for you to go out there and get. So as a win your championship, like no, exactly. the person you just let retire. Exactly. Yeah. So LeBron has all the leverage. Mm-hmm. He has all the leverage. So if he say, "Hey, this is what I want," that's what you're gonna have to do. Now, the only way they can they can make it work. There is a way for but, them to make but, it work. But look, LeBron has proven before that uh, he can't put a team together. Uh, his same guy that chose uh, Russell Westbrook. Yeah, his GM <laughs> his GM ta- uh, badge has Gio. been taken with that Russell Westbrook thing. <laughs> but there is a there is still a pathway for Kyrie to be there and keep uh, Austin Reeves and maybe Hachimura. But you got to get what? Dallas play four uh, on five. <laughs> You got you got to get Dallas to to go along with it. But if I'm Dallas, it's best for Dallas to get something for for Kyrie, Kyrie versus yep. nothing. That's what it's I always think best for him to get something versus nothing. I'll do a sign to trade. Yeah, But I'm not I'm not taking just your junk. You're not about to trade. They talking about a sign to trade D low for uh for no, Kyrie. No, no. Ain't no way in hell I'm taking D-Lo. Maybe they could get another. I'm thinking maybe they can get a third team involved or something like that. They have to. Maybe they could get Lillard or something involved some kind of way. They, they, they'd have to. But that's one of the things, you know, that, again, things that make you say, hmm, uh, LeBron in his so-called retirement was one of those things. Um, but if I'm Lillard, I ain't trying to go to Dallas. No, no. Nobody would nah, I mean, no, they ain't going to New York, man. Don't nobody want to play with uh Lucas. Lucas, 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 my that's like playing with Harden. Court. <laughs> that's like playing right. with Harden. You know, watch somebody drill the ball for 22 seconds and then uh you know dish it right. to you to make a, a a buzzer beater or something. Nah. So speaking of which, Dante, why why are we always talking about the Suns and you ain't a Suns fan? Ain't no Suns fans, but we always talking about the Suns, but you're a Celtics fan. So why do you force us to talk about these people, especially since you think they're so mediocre? Why are we coerced every week well, into talking about these people? It's only Aiden that's mediocre. The Suns are <laughs> <laughs> But talk to us, man. What, what's the rumors and the moves well, Suns expected to have this offseason? Explain. Explain. Explain yourself. So for a few reasons. First, few reasons. Number one, Kevin Garnett plays here. Psych. Kevin Durant, my favorite player in the league, plays here. He sound like so my dad. Right my dad always called Durant Garnett. He's here, so that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Kevin Durant is here. So you got basically the best dynamic duel you've ever seen, regardless of me being a Boston fan. Secondly, we're talking about uh, head coaches being fired and teams needing uh, new coaches, and the Suns are still relevant. Because there's a lot of stuff going on. We're talking about all these signing trades and potentials where players can go. Uh, we talked about a mediocre man. But I tell you one thing, as you guys see right there, 36, they ain't bothered. So that's one of the reasons why these boys keep coming up. Durant and Booker, they didn't care. That was one of the things that Book had uh, tweeted out, you know, after uh, Money Williams that got fired. But a lot of people kind of took it as though, that was in regards to Monty Williams when it was, in fact, in regards to the team shakeup and potentially what's going to happen. It didn't matter what coach is coming in, them two still going to be there. So that was one of the uh, uh, huge reasons, again, Dorian, why the Suns stay in the news because these guys are still in the news out here. 
try to figure out what to do with these two. Uh, one of the things we talked about last week, I believe, was uh, with uh, your boy Chris Paul there, old and done, with the sons with the money that they still owe him, whether or not it just makes sense for them to go ahead and keep them or find out what teams are interested in them. And then you got your boy Mediocre uh, Man over there. We definitely know he may be gone, even though a lot of the rumors out here is that uh, it was Money Williams got fired because of the Aiden situation. It, it's just it's, it's stupid. But one of the other things that's going on, too, for all you betting folks out there, and you know, I'm a betting man, is that these are the betting odds from teams that bet, betting online actually has. You can go in any of your betting services and you can see eyes on which team may actually go after uh, the Andre Aiden, which is just, I can't, it's unfathomable. If anybody just watched this guy in the playoffs, why would you want this guy? But hey, it's betting eyes and we know somebody is going to go pick him up. But one of the other things we talked about a couple weeks ago was that there may have been some interest from Mark Cuban into DeAndre Aiden. Well, just last week, that was all blown out the water, according to Mark Stein, who's from down there, one of the writers, and basically said, nah, they ain't interested either. So that was a uh, it was overstated, apparently, in the media, as we always talking about. You know, these media stories blowing stuff out of proportion. So, again, it always takes me back to my guy. I always said the Suns need a point guard. And one of the things to do is trade DeAndre Aiden straight up for Ben Simmons before June 26. Why is that date important? Because Chris Paul receives his extra 15 million if he's still on the roster uh, by June 28. So just trade them to get Chris Paul, ship them out. And now Phoenix gets, uh, they get a distributor. All they need is somebody to pass the ball to Durant and Booker. I don't care about Ben Simmons' head because if Ben Simmons, y'all think Ben Simmons is a problem, what's going on with y'all? I think Ben Simmons needs a change in venue, and now Brooklyn gets a big man. That's just one of, again, one of my theories on trades and what the Sun should do out here. But uh, it's still a mess. But here was just some of the, the money involved, like you guys were just talking about with the salaries or whatever, looking at the next couple of years. The Suns, I mean, excuse me, Brooklyn literally gets Aiden. For free, if the Suns cut Paul before the June 28th, and they get a younger guy coming into salary at 35, uh, what 35 million in 25 26. Ben Simmons and them come off the contracts, they're all coming off of their contracts, so just get rid of those guys. But again, Rodney, we always talk about like you just talked about with the Lakers, they got to figure out some way to move money. Uh, what stars can they bring in? They still won't have a bench. Because of their cap, they're what at 165 million right now in total uh, salary. The Suns got a problem. So as we said, why do we keep bringing them up? Because they got superstars. They have a huge cap, and they're potentially always in a discussion for huge trade moves. And they also still need a coach. So that's what's going on out here in the Valley of the Sun. So uh, you out there, you, you you plugged in. Who are the Suns' uh, candidates for head coach? You know, that's a very interesting, and I'm finna bring that back up because there's really been no clamor, right? So let me bring this back up to bring back up the list for folks that may have not don't remember. This is still pretty much the names out here. These are our predictions. I forgot. I wish I had the uh, other list we had. <clears throat> but right now, Nick Nurse is still 
the top front runner. Uh, the Suns were, there was rumors, and I don't know how true they are. They they may be actually relevant that the Suns were trying to negotiate uh, with the L.A. Clippers to try to get Tyron Lue. It's been real hush-hush in regards to the coach out here. But like I said, whoever it is, it's going to make a big splash because whoever that coach is, I think is going to uh, have a big say in who is go. And I hope they get a coach before June 26, Rod, and get rid of some of that salary, in particular, Chris Paul. Yeah, well, so you're, you're the, the problem that you have with trying to trade Chris Paul is uh, no. who, who you going to get back? Who you going to get back from? I mean, I, I hear you with your with your um, uh, the same thing you mentioned last week with a couple mid level guys or something that you can just start putting pieces on the bench. That's literally all you can pretty much get back for Chris Paul at this point. Yeah, but at his age, at that, yeah, that's the that's that, the that's the and that's the thing. So you don't have to package him up in a deal to ship him off in a three team deal or something, but you got to let him go to free up that fifteen million. So and the only way that works is a deal. But the other team, whoever, whoever you're trading them to, it's not costing them fifteen million. It's costing them thirty million. No, it won't. Right? It would cost the Suns thirty million. You don't let nobody June uh, twenty six. That's their option. That won't fall on another team if they release him. He's just he's just due his fifteen million from the Suns. Oh, so you just want they to cut him? him. All right, release him before. Before June, they're obligated for the other fifteen million. That's when they look. That's how thirty million, thirty million for this basic whole season because of his deal. But if they don't sign him by June twenty eighth, that fifteen million is gone. That's off the books. So, so then the question comes. So basically, it's, it's going to cost them if they keep him. It's going to cost them an extra fifteen million dollars. They got to pay him fifteen million no matter what, right? So who can you get to replace Chris they, Paul for fifteen million dollars? And that's the whole question, the beauty of trying to get in it. They need a coach, do ownership, and trying to figure out what else, who else is out there that is enough to just distribute the ball for 15, 20, 25 million. We see the salaries of what some of these guys are making. Some you know, bench players, point guards, that are making $15 million. I mean, what does Schroeder end up getting uh, this year, Roddy? Remember after he sat out, thought he was going to get more money? How does he end up coming back to like, like, like the Schroeder? I'm not saying that's what they I was gonna say he only got like five. Yeah, but see, so here's the here's the the, the so, problem. That's with what your, here's the problem with your, with your uh, one. you know you get two. here's the problem with your thing though. Just because you get rid of Chris Paul and his at 15 million dollars don't mean you got 15 million dollars to spend. They still over the salary cap with uh with um Aiden, KD, and Booker. Those three by themselves get them over the salary cap. So you just just Schroeder because you get rid of Chris Paul money. You said what? Mm-hmm. I said Schroeder only making one, he he signed a one year two point six million dollar contract with the Lakers. Oh, okay, that's worse. That's <laughs> even worse. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I I guess well, you mean that he, he didn't let the turn down? But yeah, so exactly. so but like I said, if getting a couple that's that's the two for one I was referring to. You try to get you it's the salaries. If the team's mm-hmm. willing, they need if the team is out there. For instance, a uh, Memphis need a Chris Paul uh, veteran down there 
if something goes haywire with Ja. A Chris Paul off the bench in Memphis for that that amount of money uh, ain't that bad. And then the Suns get back somebody off the bench from Memphis, per se. Just well, as an so, example. But you can get a couple players a team will be out so, there that need Dante. a veteran. Here's the problem, Dante. If you trade with Memphis, you got to trade salary for salary. You can, you're not trading $15 million. You're trading $30 million. So who am I kicking off my team that's worth $30 million to give to you? If I'm Memphis, I'm not taking on Chris Paul and his $30 million. I'm going to keep the team that I have. That's the question we just said. And that's the question we just we just said a few minutes ago. Teams out there, whatever teams are going to need a point guard, they're that desperate that they need a, point, a veteran point guard to potentially get them to the playoffs, per se. Who's going to lose a point guard? It's uh, uh, your guy down in Atlanta. That, that's the I understand, I understand but it's certainly – I don't want Trey Young either. That's what I was finna go to, Dorian. That guy in Atlanta, Trey Young. I wouldn't want him, but his team's out there. If Atlanta's gonna trade Trey Young, then who are you gonna bring in to replace Trey Young? I'm not trading. And are you still trying to be a contender if you're trying to trade? Trae Young? Right. Well, I understand. Right. I, Dorian, I didn't say that, Rodney. That's the whole thing. Some team, if teams are out there talking about trade. Their point guard or looking for a point guard, and what are you looking for that's out there? If you're that desperate to go get a Chris Paul, it goes back to the sun, they're probably going to be stuck keeping him, having that 15 million because he's just oh, nobody is going to want to take on that salary, and that's what I'm saying. Who's desperate enough to come get him? I think Phoenix's only way of actually changing their team and quote unquote improving is trading Aiton. I don't I don't think it doesn't do Phoenix any good to trade Chris Paul because all they're saving is 15 million dollars and they're really they're not really saving that off the salary cap because they can't go out and get 15 million dollars worth of, worth of players. Now you can trade Aiton and get some get your bench players and then you know just find somebody like JaVel McGee to to be your center. Um yes but bring JaVel back Yes, I, I, I don't. I don't see a way. It, it to me, it doesn't make sense for uh, Phoenix to try to 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 release Chris Paul outright just to save that fifteen million dollars because you're not saving that fifteen million dollars. Yeah, you are because it's not coming out your pocket. But you don't. Ha- it's not like you got fifteen million dollars to go out there and spend on other players. So I think they'll keep Chris Paul, but they will mm-hmm. definitely try everything they can to try to trade Aiton to get you know. Uh, other players, and that's that's their best option. With and that's pretty, uh, and that's pretty much this is out here. Aiden has to go. Like I said, they pretty much know that they're going to be stuck with Chris for another year. I mean, you just can't let go a decent point guard. Uh, they mm-hmm. definitely got to get backups, and that's why Aiden is the one. He's the odd man out. Like that, yeah, that picture show. Be- he don't care. Aiden, no, he gone. Nowhere around Chris Paul. He got to be the one. That's that's really the the best way for them to. To improve. All right, on to more on to more hoops. And that's in the uh in the college ranks. Uh-oh. Uh another thing this week, uh Mr. Caleb Love is looking for love one more time. Um, but we found out that the last time he was looking for love, it was in the wrong place. And that place was in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, <laughs> Caleb Love, who came from University of North Carolina. Decided to, uh, I think he's, he's a sophomore, isn't he? Uh, decided no. to, 
What is he? I thought he was, junior, I thought he was no. going into his junior, junior year. He's a junior? No, I'm saying this, he, this was his, this no. his sophomore year. He'll be a junior next year, right? Or was this his junior year just passed? Whatever the case. No, he's going to. No matter. Whatever the case, he, he's leaving North Carolina, and he was trying to go to Michigan. However, due to some uh, credit transfer issues, he uh, was not going to be able to play at Michigan. So he decided to re-enter the transfer portal again uh, and try to go somewhere else. So Caleb Love is an NCAA basketball version of a free agent. And because he entered the transfer portal prior to their quote unquote deadline, which is stupid because they can still do, you can still transfer after the deadline, but that's for another day. Um, but because he entered before the deadline, he's still able to go to another school. So question is, what would be uh, uh, a good good fit for Caleb Love for next year? Well, Ronnie, there's no guarantee that he'll play next year, even right. though he can get yeah, that's right. That's right. There's no guarantee that he'll that he'll play. So I think that that's important to mention. Um, that there's no guarantee. Mention that stipulation. I forgot about the rule. Tell the rule, D. No, the rule was, is yeah. that um, if if you if you do not uh transfer by the deadline um then you have to get a waiver in order to be able to play you're supposed to sit out unless you get a waiver um so he would have to basically if he since he went back into the portal after the deadline he still gets to go through all the recruiting he still gets the 60 days and all that kind of thing but what happens is is that um he would have to he would technically he would have to sit out but he can apply for a waiver, and then if the waiver gets approved, then he he would be able to play. So he he he's doing all this um, on the on the hopes or the pretense, I guess, is what is the word I'm looking for that that uh, that he'll actually be approved, that his waiver will be uh, approved. So, okay, so if he does get the waiver, what do you think would be a good spot for him to go? I, I don't know because he played for North Carolina, so you know I ain't I don't care about them cats. Uh, he averaged eighteen. I don't, I, don't, I don't know necessarily where he should go. Um, I mean, you know, he can come on to Illinois. <laughs> mm-hmm. if, if that's the case, uh, you know, we can use we can use everything. Uh, so you know, and, and then that that'd be the that'd be the best way is hey Michigan, y'all didn't want him. Come on down here. In the Big Ten, that's a, that's another way to give them the, the the middle finger, you know, for Michigan. Read it. You know how you know how I feel about Michigan. So hey. Muck, Fish, Muck, Michigan. So it, uh, so anyway, it'd be interesting too to see old ex Dukey and like Bobby Hurley picking them up out her ASU. We pretty much always get JUCO uh, recruits and everything else to make our rosters out here. So hey, come on out here. I might have to hit them up. So, like I said, any team can use him, but it comes down to another thing, Rodney. Where does he want to go, and where does he think he's marketable? Because I'm thinking this is all coming down to big programs and where he thinks he can get some NIL money. First and foremost, I think that's the aspect. Yeah, of course. I'm not leaving North Carolina. I'm not leaving North Carolina to go to McNeese State. Uh, if if, if I'm, you know, that's the thing. So yeah, you're absolutely right. No, he's definitely. Yeah, you're right. 
Um, but he's trying to but, find but money. The thing would be okay, but okay, let's think about this though. So if you talk about the the NIL money, of course, comes into it, right? Because he he's a big name, obviously in college basketball, obviously, or we wouldn't be having this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you think about think about it basketball wise, Rodney, which you might be able to answer this better than we, the rest of us could. What from a basketball standpoint would attract him to Michigan, other than the fact that it's Michigan and the NIL money, and then that would help us kind of determine. Okay, well, a place like Michigan, so maybe maybe he would end up here, or maybe he would end up there. I just don't understand from a basketball standpoint why Michigan, because Michigan has really kind of. I'm sorry, you know, Jawan Howard, you you all right? No, but you know, Michigan has not thrived under um, Jawan Howard at all. So, so here's the <laughs> here's the funny part about that, D. Um, Michigan really doesn't promote the NIL that much they're not they're not big with uh right now with the NIL um market you know getting kids to to come here for that specific reason now because they are Michigan man (laughs) you're you're supposed to pay them for the right to come play for them basically that's how they look at it because Michigan has the brand. <laughs> Michigan has the brand as he pulls out the Illinois sweatshirt. Here we go. Uh, Michigan has the name. So, you you know, you should be uh, – you, you should feel privileged to be able to play for the, the maize and blue. Um, but the problem with that – the problem with that stance is that other schools like Ohio State – uh, like Michigan State, like Wisconsin, all these other schools in the Big Ten are actually big on NIL. So what's happening is your college basketball recruiting and your college football recruiting is taking hits because you're not doing what these other schools are doing. That was one of the things that right now Nick Saban is able to um, – to, uh, uh, circumvent this problem because Alabama is Alabama and they're winning everything. But as as NIL gets more into the mainstream of of college sports, those team th- those teams that decide that hey we not gonna you know you you should have you should be privileged to play here, they're gonna find out real quick that these players. <laughs> They're they're gonna be they're gonna be considered independent contractors now. Basically, they're independent contractors giving their uh, their abilities to these schools that's gonna pay them the, the the best money or give them the best package for them to be successful for them specifically to be successful. And if we win a championship along the way, great, right? But as it stands right now, it's it's all about you know me taking care of my family because taking care of their family. Everybody's a, everybody's a brand. Everybody's a brand. The coach is taking care of his family. I, I tell you something that I thought was just you saying that that I thought was real dope. I was listening to um, Demarcus Cousins, and he said he was talking about being at Kentucky. I, th- I don't know if he was talking to John Wall because I think he was talking about somebody else. I forgot who he was talking to, but anyway, he said that he went went in to talk to Coach Cal because he wanted to stay for another year. He said he really liked he enjoyed Kentucky. 
and he thought he was going to stay another year, even though I think whoever he played with, they was all leaving. He was like, you know, nah, you know, Kentucky is, is dope for a college basketball player. He said, I'm 19 years old. He said, I went in to talk to Coach Cal. He said, Coach Cal literally told him, he said, okay, you know, you can do what you want to do. He said, but understand that if you, if you stay here for another year, he said, no, he said, if you leave, you take care of your family. He said, if you stay, you take care of my family. Mm, mm, mm. <clears throat> he said, and that's when he was like, okay, gotta go. Gone. Gotta go. <laughs> and that's the truth, though. That's the truth. By you being at the school, the only person you helping out is me. He said, you help me. <laughs> I thought that that was such a so such a dope line that it's like, okay. He was like, Yeah, okay, that let me know. So you at know. the end of the day, Caleb has to go to a location that's gonna be best for him. Basketball wise, so the yeah, problem here's here's the problem though. You know, only time to tell. If Caleb has desires of being in the NBA, by him playing that third season, you're actually uh, dropping your draft status, which is stupid. Which is okay. stupid as all get out. That's something for another time, also. But you know the way the NBA looks at it, you know there's a reason why you stayed in school. You know you don't have hey. any certain skills or what have you. So hey, yeah, you had 18 points a game, but mm. you a junior now. You 20, 22, 23 years old. <laughs> I, I want somebody that's 18, 19. So go ahead. So he could have came out, you guys remember from last year after they had the big run. He could have went in and they all decided to stay. Now look at again, I bring this up. The whole team is basically breaking up. Uh big Armando. You don't see him. I don't think he's going to be a, a, a big ben first round. Bendicott or something. Uh, yeah, Amano Bendicott. He's not going to be a first round uh, draft pick or anything like that. Uh, we saw this happening uh, with this guy. So isn't it ironic that he chose the opportunity? He could have went to the NBA, and he probably would have got drafted, and he chose to stay. The hangout, they wanted to win the championship. He thought he was going to get some NIL or whatever. But then ironically, turns out, he leaves the school, tries to transfer, and didn't have the right mind to, or the right handlers, as dudes like to call, around him, accounts with somebody to tell him before he went to try to transfer mm-hmm. that you can get, or whether or not you can get into a particular school. So it kind of served him right. I, I, I forgot the term they, you know, they call that, but that, that's his own fault. The guy could already be in there. Here it is now. He can't even find but moving on to another, moving on, moving on. The important on. story there, Rodney. Our, our, our time is getting uh, is getting a little long in the tooth here. So, um, another issue that came uh, out this week. Last year, we're going. It's going to be real quick. Last year, um, the Buffalo Bills had a uh, undrafted rookie free agent that actually won the punting job out of in training camp. But right at the end of training camp, after he won the job, a story came out about a sexual assault that occurred. Um, Is it alleged? Is it alleged? Alleged. No, it was a sexual assault. He was one of the alleged victims. I mean, alleged uh, perpetrators. Okay. Uh, But his name was Matt uh, uh, Areza. Uh, The brother has a, well, the, the guy, he and the brother. The guy has a howitzer for uh, a leg. He can punt the ball 80 yards in the air. However, 
in our our uh, society, when these issues come out, unfortunately, you're always guilty until proven innocent. So um, no matter how much he, you know, screamed from the mountaintops that he had nothing to do with this, the bill still released him because he had this allegation out there. Nobody signed him. The NFL wanted to suspend him, um, but because he wasn't in the league, they didn't suspend him yet. And then it comes out that he wasn't even at this party where this sexual assault happened. The DA even said this. They, when After investigation, they realized that he wasn't even there. So he got ostracized for being a sexual predator, lost a job, went a whole year without making income, and then they said, oh, we made a mistake. So uh, that's the one thing. I have a problem with that. Now, luckily, he is getting a tryout with the Jets to try to become their punter this year. But, he's all, again, he's lost a whole year of uh, playing in the NFL. So my question is, um, how fair is this? That, you know, you don't get your day in court, as they say. Immediately when these allegations come out, you're already guilty. Professor? Man, (laughs) (laughs) I think there's there's so much into this to, you know – be talked about i think it it has a lot to do uh one with things that have happened in the past um where these kinds of things were not getting the type of attention that they should have gotten um that women were being sexually assaulted and had no voice and were were unable to um do anything about it um they had to you know kind of suck up that trauma or whatever because it was so difficult to get you know rape cases um tried and get men convicted and you know all these kinds of things right um so in kind of in a way the tides have turned where now um because of that you know if you're even accused of it you know even if these things turn out to be false the first thing that they do is say that you are guilty until proven innocent but i think it goes back to in many ways as we've talked about before the court of public opinion is that what ends up happening more than anything else is that the court of public opinion is more important than the court of law. When the, when the court of public opinion is in agreement with the rules, with what the court of law said, then everything's great. But if the court of public opinion doesn't agree with what the court of law said, then there's a problem. And that's always what a lot of times that's what happens in these kinds of cases where um, these perpetrators, because men and women can be perpetrators, as we know, um, where, you know, you have these alleged um, things that happen and people start forming opinions before all the facts come out. Um, uh, so, you know, I just wish oftentimes that people would wait until they got all of the information before they start drawing conclusions about certain things. Um I, I think that everybody should be believed. I think that in the sense that everybody should have the right to have their voice and give their story. And then once we weigh the facts and then find out what's happening, well, then we make decisions from there. But again, it, it always bothers me when we get these athletes or something that happens with athletes or entertainers. Um, and then the first pe- the first thing people start doing is talking about 
getting rid of them. They should be fired. They should fire. They should never play in the NFL again. They should never play in the NBA again. And my question always is, is, well, what are they supposed to do? This is this is what they've trained to do. So what you're saying is, is that, OK, they can't be millionaires. They shouldn't be football players. But what if they, they have now they're going to have to work in Walmart. So, again, is it OK for to have a sexual predator work in Walmart? Just not OK for one to be a millionaire and play in the NFL. Right. So that that's what I have. That's the problem I kind of have when people start making those kinds of statements. Right. Is that we need to get at the heart of the problem to eradicate this kind of thing from our society. Instead of immediately wanting to get rid of just get rid of these people and push and, and and get them out of the way. Well, then we haven't solved the problem. You know, that's the same thing we were talking about with Bob Huggins and, you know, all those kinds of things. Um, so, you know, hey, man, I, I'm you know, it, it's happened to so but he's not the only person. It's happened to so many people where this has happened. You know, the, the brother that was the linebacker that actually did time mm -hmm. and then come to find out that it wasn't true. So, um, man, it, it's hard to say what not to do because I, I don't want to discount the women because it's happened to so many of them that I don't want them to believe that they can't come and give their story and somebody take them at their word and go investigate and do something about it. But at the same time, I think, you know, we have to protect all parties to prevent things like this from happening, too. So. And anyway, it, gets, it gets, the, the <laughs> problem is. For 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 every um, Matt Eraser, there's a lot of the fellas that actually, you know, were guilty, right? <laughs> so, right. Um, right. Like you said, you don't want you don't want the <laughs> the women that are involved to feel like they can't go and be have their voices heard and they'll tell their story. But right. the, and they have something done about it and have something done about it. Be prosecuted. Right. But the the problem is we're so like you said as a society we're so quick to jump to conclusions. Once you hear a portion of a story, you don't even hear the whole story. You just you got the cancel story. culture. You hear the slither of the story and you're ready to cancel everybody. Mm -hmm. Um you know, it, it's unfortunate. Uh I I hope that, you know, Matt is able to I hope he wins that Jets job. Yeah. You know that he's able to 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 become you know to fulfill his dream that right. was that was taken away from him last year, right? You know, and again, if if the brother was guilty, man, string him up by his toenails. <laughs> but you know, give if that's a that's a metaphor, by the way, America. He didn't mean that literally. <laughs> that, that was a. right. That was like <laughs> all hyperbole. He didn't mean that literally. Exactly. Hey guys, one final note. One final note, though, this kind of goes back to what happened out here during uh, the Super Bowl with Michael Irvin. Again, another guy that was accused of doing something, and we all saw how that went, you know, accused in the media as opposed to in the court. So well, with that being said, guys, uh, we've got coming up on our next episodes. Got a few things that we was going to talk about, but we're going to get into them next week. We had some more NFL, which Rodney likes, so we'll be talking about good old Roger next week. Uh, we got that's back in the news. Dookie Billions Part 2. Definitely stay tuned for that one. Y'all going to want to hear about that. Definitely. And then finally, a good feel-good story. If you've never heard about them, check that story out. We definitely going to be covering that next week. But other than that, Rodney, uh, it was a good show tonight. We was all watching hockey. Boston won. I feel good about that. 
after they won the first game, I was like, why are they prolonging it? But other than that, man, it's been a good week in sports. And anytime we get to sit, get together and, and, and talk about it, it's always a great time. Um, we we love just you know sitting around chatting, talking about sports, uh, giving our viewpoints. So, with that being said, for the Wonder Mouse D Almighty, for Geechee Dan, for D Double O Z E, and for me Rod D, we want to thank y'all for joining us. We we uh uh want to say if you if you enjoyed what we said, great. But if you didn't, kiss it. And we out. Don't blame it on sex.